welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello, retro movie lovers, and get ready to celebrate Valentine's Day 2021. Ooh, with an all-time <laughs> classic. We are continuing the tradition of uh, covering romantic films in honor of Valentine's Day. We started in 2018 with uh, My Demon Lover, and then we skipped 2019 for some reason, and then last year we came back with Love at First Bite. So we thought we would come back and give you a... Uh, Actually, this will be the first time we'll be covering a romantic film that's not horror based or has a monster in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not well. Maybe if you count James Spader, he's pretty awful. But uh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So we're covering the all-time classic, Pretty in Pink. I don't like his character. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we have it. We we're rolling out the brand new Blu-ray, so we have it at the two-second mark. And uh, it's just the uh, very beginning Paramount uh, logo, which is just a mountain. It's going to come out and say Paramount here in a second. So we're at the two-second mark. Everybody grab your remotes, your PS3 controllers. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. When you hear me say go, hit play on your remote, everybody, or X on your PS3 controller, I think. One, two, three, go. All right. Like I was saying, a beautiful painting. It's got some animation to it with the uh, clouds going by. And then it goes into the... The, the really basic logo. We were talking about earlier how I never noticed that there was snow on the mountain. <laughs> yeah, there is snow on the mountain. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're rolling right along. And I should say, too, like, I just automatically assumed, because, like, John Hughes, like, all his movies that he made, they're always set in this fictional town of Shermer, Illinois. <laughs> And I always assumed this one was too, but actually I'm not sure if this one is technically or not because this is one he didn't direct. He wrote and produced it. I think this might be his first one where like he really made but uh, didn't direct himself. So this might not be Shermer, Illinois. Or it could be. It's pretty nondescript. As I see the title, I can just hear the song in my head. <laughs> yeah, the song is blasting right now. Bang. <laughs> Which, uh... A bit of info, if uh, anybody out there is curious, um, you know, which came first, the song or the movie, it's actually the song by the Psychedelic Furs, and um, they did record a new version for the movie that's like, I guess it was maybe about three years later after the original version, it's like a little more polished and studio sounding or whatever. But uh, I prefer the original version. And what's weird is, like, it always seems like to me that they're playing the original version of the movie. Like, it's always kind of cut up when you hear it. But, um, yeah, supposedly they claim that the re-recorded version's in the movie, which would make sense. But I always thought they just had the re-recorded version for the soundtrack. But, uh, no, it's apparently in the movie, even though I can't tell the difference. But I can't tell the difference when I hear, like, the two versions on CD or whatever. Right away, you get the sad picture of what this girl's life is like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, basically, right off the bat, like, we literally, the first shot of Molly Ringwald is her making coffee for her dad. Who always assumed the dad was, like, an alcoholic, but it, watching again this time, like, I kind of rethought that. I was like, I don't think he's really alcoholic. Yeah, I don't know why I had that impression, too. That was weird. I think it's just because it's Harry Dean Stanton, in all honesty. Like, he always <laughs> looks rough. Like, he always... No, he, like, I don't know if I'm thinking of some other movie that she that Molly Ringwald did or what, where she had, like, an alcoholic dad, but I had that impression, too, because, like, I swore there was a scene where, like, they argue, like, 
the part where she's like, I know you didn't go. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just seriously thought there was a scene where they had an argument that he was just like drinking all day or something. Well, I think <laughs> it's, it's so weird. There's that little scene, which is one of my favorite scenes where him and Ducky are just outside and it's just the middle of the day and he's just sitting there and he has a cooler and he pulls a beer out. Maybe but, that just like totally like clouded over my opinion of him or something. Yeah, but he's he's definitely like not drunk in that scene, and he's not he's actually never drunk at all. He's never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I had that that perception of him though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they they have this thing where you know she makes appointments for him. He, like he has a job, but it's kind of a shitty part time. Seems like it's a graveyard yeah. shift job or something. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. She knows he's just going back to bed. <laughs> yeah. And then this is where uh, we kick in. Like, I should say, the, the Blu-ray is awesome. Like, I was, like, blown away by how good it looked. It's it's just the opening credits. Nothing, you can't really fully remaster opening credits to these older movies the way they they made them. You know, they super superimposed the titles on them. So a lot of these remastered Blu-rays, when you get them, the, the titles look a little rough, and then as soon as the credits are over, the movie, like, gets better looking. That's how this one is, too. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we saw Blaine, Andrew McCarthy's character, just for a second, uh, spying on her a little bit. And now we see the BFF. Yeah, Ducky. Who, like... For a long time, I swear, like, all I ever heard about, like, people reference in, term of this, in terms of this movie was Ducky. So, I think I think he was, like, kind of, like, the popular thing that stuck out in people's minds afterwards, you know, 10, 15 years after this movie came out. Well, I mean, he is the most, like, kind of vibrant person in this movie. Like, he has such a personality, like, a big personality, and the way he carries himself and talks, you know, like, he's very distinctive. Yeah, I feel like every John Hughes type movie is uh well not type movie but his actual movies that he writes there's always like this there's always like the, this kind of side character who always like steals the show like <laughs> like breakfast club is judd nelson i'd say weird science it's a uh, bill paxton's character ducky in this 16 candles i guess 16 candles kind of has a combination of uh both uh farmer ted anthony michael hall's character and long duck dong those are yeah that's what i was gonna say him um the asian guy yeah long duck dong has been uh as a character i should say has been you know really kind of uh dismissed in the last couple years but i mean what can you do you know I mean, the guy was funny, and he was funny in other movies he was in, like, yeah. you know. So we see that, like, basically her character is, like, she wants to be a fashion designer of sorts, and so she's always making her own outfits, and I can't, I think, I don't know if they brought it up yet, I don't think so, but, or when maybe she compl- he complimented her earlier, but she reveals that. You know, she buys her clothes from a thrift store to, like, make her designs and stuff. Yeah, she, like, buys a lot of things and kind of re-sews them and tailors them to her her own taste. Pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And here we have the, um... Bitches. Yeah, the bitches. (laughs) Like, there's a couple groups of bitches, because I always thought they were the same two girls, but when you watch the movie, I think there's, like, actually a couple different little groups. Oh, I thought those two girls were the yuppie girls. Well, they're kind of in it. Now, now, here's something, like, because we don't really know, and this is our introduction to James Spader, like, we don't really know, 
like who's who and what's what. So it's like you kind of have to like keep this scene in mind later on to really understand James Spader's character. Like he actually like asked her out. Like he actually wants to go out with Molly Ringwald. And he said for the last four years. Yeah. And I think it's that thing, like, I wish this would have been, like, explored a little bit more, like, given a little more depth to uh, Spader's character. Like, why does he want her so much? Yeah, and, like, I mean, the the thing that, the conclusion I kind of come to all these years watching this was, like, it was kind of eating him up inside that it was, like, the one girl in school that probably, like, all the, the girls in school wanted to, like, go out with him because he's, like, James Spader and he drives a cool car and all this and he acts cool. And he's rich, but it's, like, he knows that's, like, the one person that, like, won't go out with him no matter what he does, you know what I mean? It's funny, though, too, because it's, like, I yeah, I get that, like, she's the one that always says no, like, he can't get her to change her mind, that's, like, the holy grail for him. But at the same time, like, the dialogue that they have together, like, I don't feel like it's just, oh, he wants to get a piece, you know? Like, it seems like he genuinely, like, likes her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it doesn't really seem like he's just trying to, like, get in her pants or whatever. Yeah, Spader's definitely, like, the villain of the movie. But at the same time, like, you you get the sense a little bit that he's, like, you know, that like he goes out with the popular girl, like, the best-looking girl in school and all that kind of thing. But you get the uh, sense that he's, like, he's kind of tired of, like, the rich bimbos. And he's yeah. probably blown through a lot of them over the years, you know? Yeah. And, and like, he probably, he probably would like to, uh, you know, like, go out with her. Like, I'm sure he probably would expect sex just because he's probably banging the whole school already. But, wow. but he probably would like to, like, actually, like, get to know somebody who's interesting. Because, like, he said, like, in that exchange they had... I've liked you for four years, so it's like, I don't know, like, it seems like he really does, like, find her to be interesting, and he does want to, like, get to know her or whatever. I don't know, that's my perception anyways. Yeah. By the way, we didn't talk about her car, so, like, you know, we're supposed to get the impression that they're, like, super poor or whatever, yeah. but to me, I don't know, and I mean, I don't know much about cars and what was considered fancy back then, but her car is freaking cool, man. Yeah. Like, the only thing wrong with it is it has a dent. Yeah, it's like, all dented <laughs> up, but... Yeah, like, like I wasn't familiar with the make and model, but it's, like, this cool little kind of, like, 50s coupe car. And it's, like, painted nice. Like, yeah, she got pink, it, like, yeah. repainted and all that. I'm just like, how, is, how do they afford this car? <laughs> yeah. And we should say here, we, we introduce her job. She yeah. works at a record store called Trax, and I never, like, I never could tell if Annie Potts is supposed to be, like, the owner or just, like... Like manager. a co- a co- manager, coworker, yeah, but Annie Potts is great in this movie, and I think yeah, she is. It's kind of like one of the things that uh, you know, like there's some areas where this movie's lacking, and we'll get to that later in the film. But like one area where it's not is like John Hughes really he really set up some interesting dynamics, like the the relationship between Molly Ringwald and her dad Harry Dean Stanton, like really puts a lot of heart into the movie. And then, like, in terms of, like, really exploring, I think, like, the female side of, like, romance and stuff, like, uh, Annie Potts here, who's, like, um, like, I, when I watched it, I always took it that she was, like, maybe just, like, 10 years older than them. Yeah. Because she dresses so young and hip, and and honestly, she looks young, like, she, she kind of looks as young as, like, the other girls in the high school or whatever, but, like, through the dialogue later, like, she, like they make it sound like she's more, like, 30s, mid-30s or whatever. She just kind of serves as a mom figure for her, so she doesn't have her mom. 
So I was gonna say like that t- that moment where he walks into the store and they're like they're just looking at him and you know she's looking at him and it was totally I totally saw the scene from Twilight when Edward walks into yeah. the cafeteria and the music actually sounds like one of his like songs from the score like yeah. that's in the movie I was like oh my gosh <laughs> this is totally stolen it was just so funny yeah <laughs> I mean like I, I I totally get it like it makes sense like Adrian McCarthy has to be more the um like the sensitive rich guy and all that yeah but, like, I'm really surprised when they always talk about, like, this movie and, like, him being the hunk and she had to end up with the hunky guy and all this. It's like, I mean, granted, I don't know because I wasn't a 15-year-old girl when this movie came out. I mean, I wasn't even 15 years old yet. I was younger. That's why I didn't see this movie two years later. But, like, I mean, what's your opinion? Like, Andrew McCarthy is one of my favorite actors, but, like, do 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 you buy him as, like, the romantic lead in a movie like this? Like, Yeah, like, I think he's fine, but... I don't know, and I'm sure we'll get into this in the end, but, like, just the whole, well, I guess it'll come up now, just the whole history of, like, how the movie ended and who she ends up with. Yeah. Like, they, like, to her, as we learned from watching, like, the special features and all that, like, they ended up changing the ending because she felt, personally, that there was no relationship between her and Ducky. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way the movie plays out to me, I feel like... It's the reverse. Like, I feel like, you know, she likes him and he's kind of like just the way um, James Spader's character kind of sees her as like, ooh, the the one, you know, kind of that he is interested in or whatever. Not to be with forever, the one, but just like that he wants to, you know, be with her or whatever. And like, that's that's uh, him for her, you know. Um, Gosh, I can't remember the names. But um to her, like, that's the one guy that's, like, oh, her dream guy, you know? Yeah. But I think it, the way the movie plays out, it kind of, to me, it kind of is written out that, like, he's not what she thought he was. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, you know, sweet and all that, but, I mean, he, like, ignored her, like, for you know, eventually yeah. later in the movie and like He gave into the peer pressure yeah, to, like, to you know, stay away from her. To me that's like it's like Spader, like, you know, giving in to the pressure. Honestly, like I feel like James Spader's character is more willing to like be seen with her in public than his character what's his name? Blaine. Yeah, Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> then Blaine's character was. Because, yeah. like, James Peter's character goes up to her and talks to her in public yeah. and, like, trying to, you know, you know, flirt with her, basically, and stuff. Well, and, like, Blaine's character doesn't really do that. He seems like he's more, like, uh, like putting his head down and kind of... So, I don't know. That's my opinion of him. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really... He's fine as that character. I see. I can. I see him as like a love interest because he is. He is cute. He is sweet. You know, like I can see why she's like all you know giddy for him and all that. Yeah. But I think it's just that thing where like when you get what you want, thought you wanted, like it wasn't what you expected, kind of situation. Yeah, that's how it wasn't. I, that's right. how the situation reads to me, anyways. <laughs> well, here we gotta say because she was hanging out at the cool like music club with her friends, listening to a band play. 
And Ducky's outside hanging out with the <laughs> dice man, who's who's the bouncer. And he's totally just dice. He even has yeah. a dice t-shirt on. Yeah. Like, that's what I love about his early roles. He just came in and was just dice. Like, yeah. he was like, dice the doorman. Dice, in private resort, he's just like, dice the guy at the fucking <laughs> hotel, whatever. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, it's funny what Dice says. Like he says, well, he, he's like, why don't you think about this duck man? He's like, he's like, she goes to the one place where you know you can't get in. What does that say about you? And it's true. Like I mean, I mean that's not the only reason she goes there, but I mean it's you know it's obvious. It looks like a VW uh, logo on the front, but I yeah, can't it tell. Does. It does. Uh, like I don't in know. Illinois. It, oh, maybe it is Shermer then. I just the, he's so intriguing, Ducky's character. Yeah. Like he's it, pretty annoying though. Like, like the way he's fucking with the radio here at the beginning, yeah. But like I can't separate. Like it's so strange for me to know that John Cryer was this guy, and mm-hmm. then like how he turned out to be like yeah. older. Like yeah. now he seems like actual legit nerdy, you know. Like, yeah. But on here, like he's I buy him as being kind of like this cool guy kind of guy eventually. Like, at first, he does, does seem like a nerdy, annoying sidekick character kind of guy. But I think throughout the movie, his character develops out. And, like, I don't know. Like, in the end, I like him. <laughs> I totally see him as, like, you know, the possible match for her, you know? Yeah, and, like, the thing that's really funny to me... And, it, and obviously, it's totally the way you, like, um, you, you, you phrase, like, or you present the character within the movie... But, like, what's weird is the way that they play these roles is, I swear, if you look at, like, all their movies, John Cryer and Andrew McCarthy were the same actor. Like, they played the exact same roles. They are always the guys who were, who were smitten with a girl that they couldn't have. So, like, yeah. I would say probably, like, um, before this... Uh, probably his biggest movie before this was John Cryer was he did this movie called No Small Affair mm-hmm. where he's like this little sensitive high school kid who's like a photographer and stuff mm-hmm. and he meets uh, Demi Moore who's like I think she's like in her early 20s and she's like a nightclub singer mm-hmm. and like he's infatuated and he's like trying to always like get her and get her relationship and like they kind of like have a half-assed relationship but it kind of ends bittersweet and stuff and then like the movie that like came out a year before this same almost fire which is funny too because like in that one that one's all about recent college graduates yeah and andrew mccarthy is in love with um i think it's ali sheedy's character if i remember correctly and he like and like he loves her so much that it's tearing him up inside (laughs) and meanwhile she's with judd nelson who just he knows because they're friends like he knows she uh he always cheats on her and stuff so like he plays ducky in like the movie he made before (laughs) this yeah and it just, like, and also, too, a couple years before this, he made a movie, Class, where he was, like, at a boarding school, and he ended up having an affair with this older woman, and it turned out to be one of his classmates' mom and stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, like, they, them two, prior to this movie, like, it's just so interesting to me that they played the exact same type of roles all the time. Yeah. And then in this movie, John Cryer stayed in that role that <laughs> they always played, and McCarthy got to kind of, like, jump ahead and, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I like this scene with the dad and Ducky talking. It's so... I think this is one of the things where, you know, we were kind of talking about after we watched it. It's just the difference in the movies that, you know, were made then versus how they're presented now. It's just like... 
th- this kid is talking to a dad and like yeah. trying, and he's not even being like philosophical or anything. No. He's just talking to him. He's very con- casual. He, he's conversing and he's like, but he's telling her, telling him his feelings. Like, I love your daughter. I want to marry her and all this stuff. And it's just like yeah. there's so much character and personality in this interaction. And then just the way, like, uh, Ducky's moving his gestures and, like, just so much personality that is just so absent in movies today. Well, first of all, there's no teen movies made anymore no, now. Because China doesn't want them. But yeah. even, like, an adult people movies, which, again, hardly any of Hardly exist. But, like, you just don't get that anymore. So it was, like, I was telling you, like, it was refreshing watching this because it was just, like, I love just interactions with people and like interesting people is even better you know so it's like this it just was it's so strange watching old movies because it's so like how good they are (laughs) mind-blowing how different filmmaking has changed and well that's really not for the better i know that's exactly why we have the movie graveyard but uh yeah that's this scene is just amazing like to me this is like maybe my favorite scene in the movie just because you know like the first scene you know, it's this younger guy and this older guy, and he, you know, the younger guy loves this guy's daughter and stuff. And like you said, like, it's not, they're not trying to be, like, all, like, serious, but it's just, like, a real conversation. And, like, how Ducky's, like, I love her and everything. And, you know, because we didn't really know in the first scene, Harry Dean, like, why does he want to get out of bed? Like, is he, like, a drunk? Yeah. Is he whatever? But we kind of, like, find out what his deal is there, where he explains to Ducky, like, listen, like, yeah. you know, does she know how you feel and all this? He's like, He's like, well, listen, he's like, she might not love you back. He's like, she might, but, you know, she doesn't. And he explains, like, that happened to him with her mom. Like, it was it was an adult conversation, but it was still, like, a young conversation. Because, like, he, you know, the dad says, like, oh, yeah, I felt like that about someone. And he's like, was it a girl or whatever yeah. he says? Like, it's such a like, yeah. childish thing to say. It's like, well, what do you, well, I mean, I guess it didn't have to be. But yeah. it's just funny how he's just, like, so, like, childish about it when he's about to tell him this serious story and then he does tell the story and then like you know they're having that moment and then when he gets up he's like okay i'm off like a dirty shirt and it's just like yeah. what <laughs> like that's yeah. such a like teenager thing to say <laughs> it's just i like that that dichotomy of like they were having a grown-up conversation but he was still like a young kid you yeah. know but it's not in it was like still in a way where like he's young but he can understand adult concepts, you know, yeah. like, it's just, now, I don't know, it's just, now the child is always the adult, and, like, they're just, they know it, they know yeah. more than the adult. Old, old, old people are, like, uh, played, like, clueless fools. Yeah. Instead of, like, how in this movie, the dad, like, he has, like, the life He's history. passing on the yeah. knowledge, yeah. yeah. And so, I just totally appreciate that in that scene, it's like, I like it. <laughs> I love Spader. His performance in this where he comes in and like he sees McCarthy through the window of the record store and he's like, what are you doing in here? You're shopping for records or something? <laughs> like he's just totally like dismissive. Like it's such a weird thing. Like a like it's such a jerk off thing to be in a record store looking at records. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he convinced yeah, he, get, he gets McCarthy to leave because Ducky was a, and that's a great kind of like idea of a scene too that Ducky's screwing around in the back trying to get her attention in the back of the store and she's trying to like get all chatted up and you know get asked out on a date with McCarthy but Ducky's like pretty much cock blocking her there <laughs> her shoes are so weird 
Yeah, I kind of remember shoes like that from back then, though. <laughs> God, they look so uncomfortable. I don't know why, but I like the back door. They have this Smith poster, which is just a poster of the four of them standing at each other. But, like, <laughs> they cut it up and, like, staple yeah. it to the door in different sections. It was mm-hmm. kind of cool looking. Like, uh... I feel like we missed so much. Like, so much happens in I know. so little time. Well, there's a scene earlier in the library where, like, Andrew McCarthy becomes, like, a master computer hacker. He just hacks into whatever oh, yeah. program. <laughs> and he starts sending her pictures of himself oh, yeah. and stuff. And, like, I was going to say something about that. But I was like, I mean, I don't really pick apart movies like that. But I'm like, was that even technically possible back then? Like, it was just so, like, weird. I mean, it had to be. Cause like, he had a folder of digitized pictures. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's, like, really weird, too, is, like, until, like, later in the movie where she grabs the picture by the bedside, I never even put two and two together that the picture by her bed is her mom's picture, but, I mean, obviously it's gotta be. Like, yeah, because the dad is looking at the same picture in his room later on in the movie, yeah. and he, like, puts it away in the drawer after they have that conversation of her telling him, get over her. <laughs> yeah. She's not coming back. <laughs> like, like one thing, it, it kind of took me a couple viewings, um... of this movie to really kind of understand what the problem was it's kind of like it's kind of like a weird like combo problem of like why they why uh andrew mccarthy and molly ringwald can't get together it's like it's like a classist thing and like you know they talk about it like oh like he's rich and all this stuff but it's also too like the culture thing of like she's just too weird for the rich kids like it's not just that she's poor it's just that you know she's like poor and she's different you know like they can't yeah. figure her out like yeah because they see how weird she dresses so they just think she's weird yeah. which is funny though because like i it never because i'm so used to like you know watching 80s things where people are like dressed so outlandishly mm-hmm. and this one is like more realistic to where she's really not, like compared to what other people wear in 80s movies like she's really not dressed that like weird or anything but like I guess she would stand out if, like, in real life, like, not in heightened movie world, but in real life, you know what I mean? Well, she kind of does dress, like, I noticed, like, because I kept looking at her clothes throughout the whole movie and just seeing, like, why they were reacting the way she was, and I don't know why, but, like, her choices of, like, dresses that she wears, they're legit, like, old matronly grandma dresses that she just kind of layers over, layers under, like, you know other stuff but it like there was that scene where when they were in the record store and she has that dress on that has like the collar that was like the white lace collar that was yeah. like it looked like it was straight out it was straight up a granny dress yeah <laughs> like yeah. why did she wear stuff like that but like here though she's dressed kind of like cool and hip yeah, like with the jacket is. and the sunglasses and stuff yeah but like her her style kind of like goes back and forth between different eras i would say yeah like the um her friend that worked yeah. at the record store. And, and, like, we were talking about this the other night when we watched it, but, like, he he's so awkward, Andrew McCarthy, when he comes out to the schoolyard. Yeah. It's, like, the area of the, like, I guess the school area where, like, all the, the, the more, like, hip kids, like, not the preppies and rich kids, but, like, the more, like, whatever... I don't even know what you call them, because, like, they're Just not... the normal people. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but they're, like, around this time, like, I think it would make sense if, like, she was more, like, goth, like, into the cure and stuff, but th- they're really not like that either. It's just more, like, new wave, I guess. Yeah. A little bit, like, new wave. Yeah. But, like, a thing I found interesting was, like, he's so kind of, like, self-conscious, uncomfortable coming out here, and, like, everybody's looking at him when he walks out. 
But, like, at the same time, like, to me, like, he's not dressed like that, like, preppy and gooberish. Like, he, it's not like he has, like, a polo shirt and slacks on. You no, know what I mean? No, like, they know who he is. Yeah. Like, they've been together for four years. They know who's who and what groups and all that. But I, but I, I, I find it kind of interesting in, like, a direction the movie doesn't go in, which I think it very easily could have, is, like, because he's, like, not really, like... Like, we don't see a lot of him with his own peer group, but he, he doesn't really fit in with his own peer group either. Like, he's not like the other rich guys, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, I could almost see it if, like, a version of the movie where it's, like, he fell more into, like, the music she listened to and started dressing more like her know, and like, stuff. I feel like half and half. Like, I feel like he has the attitude that they kind of have a little, but just because he grew up in that, you know? Like, that's what yeah. he's used to. But, like... Yeah, like, he's not completely one of them. Like, he yeah. has the sense to be open-minded to, like, you know, not not having that same mindset that they have. No, I thought this was almost funny. Like, like literally the second he, he walks back into the school from the courtyard, Spader's, like, waiting for him. Like, what are you doing? Why, why are you talking to her out there? And, like, it kind of, like, struck me goofy. Because, cause, cause, you know, Blaine, Andrew McCarthy even says, like, like I don't know, what are you, my mother? Like, you're like yeah. why? like And he's like, oh, like, you know, you're talking to that girl. And he's like, yeah, I like her and stuff. And at first I was kind of like, that is weird. Like, why would he be so, like, you know, like, why would he care? But I think it's that thing of, like, and the reason why he really shits on, uh, James Spader really shits on Molly Ringwald for the rest of the movie is... Is I think he was jealous there when he oh, saw yeah. Blaine like talking to him like yeah. like this girl's gonna turn me down but she's gonna yeah. go out with Blaine or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just like I think it's this part like where you just kind of I don't know. It's so funny because like <laughs> I know, like I said earlier, Ducky's character is so dorky and it, it's not like John Cryer is like that like hot or anything you know mm-hmm. and like. I mean, he's not ugly, he's just, he's, I, I guess you could say he's cute or whatever, but he's just not, like, how you were asking about, um, about Blaine, like, how I see him as a lead, like, a, lo- a love lead. Yeah. Like, I do not see Ducky as that kind of guy, but then, like, throughout the movie, like, you kind of, want well, me, like, I kind of, like, started liking him like that. I was like, oh, like, I could see him as kind of a love interest, you know? Like, yeah. it just, he kind of starts shedding, like, the annoying dorky a little bit throughout the movie, and then it just kind of all crests up with the prom scene. But, I don't know, like, this part, and then, like, the scene that's coming up where he's, when she leaves the room, of like, oh, I love that girl, and, like, all this stuff, it's just like, oh, my gosh, like, your heart just breaks for him, and you want him to win. Yeah. <laughs> well, you want him to, like, get her. <laughs> well, also, too, it's kind of a thing where, like, him and McCarthy, like, I don't know if they were exactly the same age. Or like or... this? Oh, my God. <laughs> so sad, because he loves it, like. Well, yeah, well, yeah like, we, we should say, like, he's always, like, over the top, like, you know, because, like, they mentioned, too, that they've known each other since, like, they're eight years old, so they grew up together, yeah. and, like, he's been secretly in love with her, but it's really not even secret, though, like, he's always hitting on her yeah. and joking around, but it's yeah. always, like, that jokey thing of, like... See, like, that reason how she's saying that there was nothing between the, these two characters, so that's why they changed the ending? Yeah. That scene right there, I totally see that there's there could be a connection with them like that. That's yeah. beyond brother and sister. Well, 
Well, also, also to me, the only reason that, that they're brother and sister is because she keeps saying it. But, like, when you watch the movie just as a whatever impartial viewer, yeah. like, like, who do you think would, 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 would make the more logical couple? Her, her and her weird grandma dresses and Richie Rich, <laughs> Andrew McCarthy, or, like, the guy that's, like, like her and, like, likes all the same music she likes and kind of dresses 50s like her, too. You know what I mean? Like, well, it just accepts her for what she is. Yeah. Yeah. Just, he's just so funny. I like him so like him a lot. <laughs> yeah, and he's totally like singing. And see like this part, like she's like laughing. Like that could totally be well not right there she was like, "Oh my god," but it's just it could totally be interpreted that she could have felt for him, you know? Like Well, also also too though, like like I said like it's not a secret. Like she knows but it's like, and she's not like really discouraging him. She's never like really having to talk with him. Like, hey, you know, blah blah blah. And she never says anything like that one line that you always see in like these kinds of movies where she says the line of, "Oh, you're you're like a brother to me." Like she yeah. never says yeah. that once. So it's mm-hmm. like, and that's always the killer. The line that yeah. once you hear that. Like, the guy's like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I've been relegated to well, the brother status. Well, not only that, but, it, like, if you kind of look at, like, you know, what her situation is, like, with her dad and stuff, it's, like, I almost feel like, like, Ducky really is, like, her boyfriend. They just never kiss. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's always there for her, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, like I mean, she doesn't have much family. There, She doesn't have much of an emotional support system. Like, she has her friend here who's, like, a kind of, like, rebel, whatever kind of girl at school, but, like, they don't really, like, hang out the way her and Ducky hangs out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, this one, she, like, comes and goes. Like, it's so strange. <laughs> yeah. I I think that was more of a trend of these movies back then is, like, is, like, you know, like, like, this... She looks like she's, like, 30 years old. Yeah, she does look weird. <laughs> and here we get introduced to, like, a third, like, extra mean girl, Gina Gershon, who's just kind of always there, like, to make a bitchy <laughs> face, but she never really factors in this stuff too much. But, yeah, like, her her kind of, like, more rough friend is always, like, telling, like, like, I thought it was interesting, too, because it's, like, as much as, like, the whatever bitchy girls like, make fun of Molly Ringwald, they they always play it off like, oh, they're just always attacking Molly Ringwald, but it's actually her friend who's kind of always instigating it. Because yeah. same when earlier in the classroom when they got, like, in trouble or whatever. Oh, like, was that friend there? Yeah, yeah, she was, like, flicking them off and stuff. Oh, yeah. Or, or maybe she was, like, mouthing something to him. So, like, oh, she's just yeah, constantly yeah. antagonizing her. Yeah. And then it's kind of, like, in turn, the girls always take it out on uh, Molly Ringwald kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, they do goof on her. But 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 the movie and the dialogue, like when Molly Ringwald goes to the principal's office, they make it out to be like she's so persecuted. But like, it's really her friend is always stirring up a lot of shit with the rich girls too. Well, it's just because she raised her hand and continued the uh, trouble, and she doesn't usually get in trouble, so <laughs> it's yeah. a big deal that she talked back like that. Yeah, like, I, I always found this interesting, too, like, this scene. I kind of always related to this scene, because, like, I had, like, a, a similar uh, instance where I got thrown out of a class my senior year in high school. And it was just a teacher who couldn't control the class, so, like, even though everybody was acting up, he would always try to, like, whatever, punish me only, which was weird. Hmm. And then, like, you know, I left, whatever. Like, I was just, like, walking around, like, for the rest of the hour, and I just... 
I was like, I was like, oh, like, I don't know what to do. So, like, I went into, like, the guidance counselor's office and I told him what happened. Because it wasn't like I got turned into the principal or anything. Because I literally didn't do anything. I just got told to leave the class. <laughs> so, I went and told him, like, what happened. He was like, okay. He's like, you know, he's, he, he's like, don't worry about it. Like, you're doing fine. Like, whatever. And then, like, yeah, it was like, I can't remember if it was the next year or, like, two years later. Like, after I graduated, I heard, like, the teacher had a nervous breakdown and stuff. So he was just, like, mm. he was losing his shit for a very long time. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> and, I mean, like, I was acting up in class the way everybody else does, but <laughs> I was just talking to somebody the way everybody else was talking, you know what I mean? Like So funny how he crashes into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, Ducky is really what makes this, like, uh, look how the banister has, like, little knobs on it so kids don't try to slide down on it. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Oh, yeah. But, uh... I've never seen that. Yeah, but, uh, Ducky is, um... He's, like, the comic relief. He's, like, really the only funny thing in this entire movie. Oh, no. He's always got, like, a little shtick going on and different voices. Like, here he's kind of doing, like, an angry black guy voice. This guy bumps into him. Like it's kind of inferred here that him and his buddies go beat oh, Ducky up. So bad for him. <laughs> but yeah, this this I'm so glad this Blu-ray came out because like there's so many like things I've noticed oh in this version. Like crash it. <laughs> yeah, they threw him so hard into the girls' bathroom, which I actually thought that was like kind of a good, kind of a good goof to play on somebody. And then what's funny is instead of just running out, he doesn't leave. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you guys got all this he's nice stuff in here." Bathroom. He's like, "We don't got no doors. We don't got nothing." We don't got a candy machine on the wall. Yeah. It's awesome. What is this? What is this? We don't have a candy machine. Yeah. And I like how these girls are totally just ignoring him. They're just smoking their cigarettes and doing their makeup and stuff. <laughs> but uh, I feel like that was something that you could get away with more. Like, I'm sure you get in a little bit of trouble, but I feel like kids smoked in school all the time. Like, that kind of ended, like, right around the time I got into high school in the, in the early 90s, but... <laughs> I don't think I ever saw anybody smoke in the bathroom when I was in high school. I mean, yeah. I barely went into those bathrooms, but yeah. I don't think I ever Well, I know what Kevin Smith was saying, he, obviously he's older than me, but he when he was like in high school in the 80s, he was saying like, he went back to his school and like he asked him like, oh, like the courtyard where all the kids smoke, like, <laughs> and, and they were like, what? Like, they're like, we don't, we don't allow any smoking here. And he was saying like, yeah, that's the way times have changed. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, I like this part. Yeah. They put on the uh camera is it Otis Redding? Yeah. Yeah, Otis Redding. Uh Annie Potts puts it on just like to enjoy the song and Ducky <laughs> bursts into the record store and pretty much lip syncs and does a full uh performance of it. <laughs> she puts it on before she goes to enjoy another terrible relationship, as she says. Yeah. He's so funny, I can't believe he's like that. <laughs> What was he, what did he, was he from Two and a Half Men? Yeah. Is that him? He played such, I don't know, like he was it so. It was a horror, I love John Carr, but it was a horrible, and like I was glad when Two and a Half Men first came on and I watched it because an, another actor I loved in the 80s was Charlie Sheen, but like that show <laughs> over time, it ended up like being like a show about like a single dad and his kid living with like their cool guy brother to just be constantly like ridiculing John Cryer nonstop. Like they made his character so unlikable over time. I just quit watching it. But like it just it's such a difference in character, like from what he could do, like this kind of stuff, you know, to be funny to where yeah. like then he just turned into this like boring kind of this guy on a sitcom show that didn't do anything. <laughs> 
Well, like, he, what's funny is people kind of know, like, this era, like, mid-80s John Cryer, and they, and, like, they know early 2000s or whenever Minute Two and a Half Men came on. <laughs> but, like, he had a really interesting kind of, like, as his career winded down, he was doing independent movies, and I got some of them, but, like, <laughs> like, one of the movies I really loved was uh, Hiding Out. It was made a couple years after this, like, maybe just, like, the next year after this, maybe two years, where he played a young Wall Street broker that got, um... He, he like he got like wrapped up in some murder case, so he had to like shave off his beard and pretend to be a high school kid and hang out at a high school to like hide out so the mob wouldn't get him. And then after that, he made one called Dudes, where he played a punk rocker. Him and his buddy mm-hmm. uh, uh, were on a cross country trip. They're like total punk rock guys, and like I can't remember who it was, but in, like this small town, like like these guys killed their friend, played by Flea. So, like, they kind of, like, become, like, it kind of becomes, like, a Western movie, and, like, he even gets, like, a Western outfit, and, like, they get, like, guns and stuff, and, like, they go for revenge. So, like, he did some interesting stuff, but it's just, he's one of those actors where people only know him from, like, one or two, like, little things in his career, but. Wasn't there a movie later on made with the title, something about Mr. Wonderful? I th- like, one of these movies? Or some kind of wonderful, I think is what I'm. Yeah, th- that came out the year after this. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. This is so sad. Oh my gosh. Now he's really gonna get his heart broken. Yeah. Because basically, yeah, she kind of set it up. Her and Andrew uh, McCarthy are going on a date, and he was gonna pick her up at work, and unfortunately, Ducky was there to witness what was going on. Uh, that she was going on a date with them. He's so sad. Ugh. He's like, what the hell? It's a little, like, presumptuous. Like, he's really, like, I can't believe you're going out. Like, he's, like, really, like, you can't do this. Yeah, that was weird. But at the same time, I don't know. Well, I think, too, as much as, like, Ducky's very... Because she already told him, no, she couldn't do anything that night, so... Yeah. Earlier. But the thing is, is, like, with Ducky is... As much as you feel bad for him, he's not completely innocent... Like he's 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 annoying and overbearing. He's pushy. Yeah. So like you got. But this is why, like, what he's saying, because like they all like treat her like crap. Yeah. That's why. That's why he feels that way. Like the thing about the thing with Ducky with what he says here, he's kind of half right and he's kind of half wrong. Like he kind of assumes like you know like that. uh, Blaine is going to be like uh, James Spader kind of, yeah, and just kind of use her up and throw her away. Which like that's really not what you know, Andrew McCarthy's intentions are. But he is also right too when he talks about like <laughs> them as a group that they're totally going to, you know, shit on her and like they totally do. She gets treated like gar- garbage. Yeah, like, when they like, go to the party. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. He he is being very overdramatic because, I mean, it's not like they ever really had an agreement to do anything that night. And actually, yeah. it was the opposite. She actually told him she couldn't do anything or wasn't going to do anything with him. But it's just like after he finished singing that song and, like, the way he was talking to the ladies and he said, you know, this girl here is the love of my life. Like, he just, he does profess his feelings a lot. And it's just like she just shrugs him off, like, threw him <laughs> off. And he's just like... She doesn't take him seriously, like, what he's saying and what he's doing, and that's what makes me feel bad for him, is, like, like yeah. how you said earlier, she never really tells him, like, 
I'm not interested in you like that, you know? But I think that's why it's a good movie, though. It's, like, it's not clear-cut one or Because, like, one thing is, like, at the end, and obviously he's doing it because emotions are high and stuff, but he tells her, hey, when you get hurt, don't come back to me to make you feel better because I won't be there, tough shit. So, I mean, he does make their relationship very transactional in terms of, like, I'm basically only your friend if there's a chance you'll fall in love with me, you know what I mean? This is funny. He's like, oh, do you want to go home and change? <laughs> Yeah. Because she's got on her granny dress. She's got on her finest granny dress. <laughs> and I wanted to say, too, I, I love this scene, just as, like, from a filmmaking standpoint. I love this scene and the way it looks because, you know, they're indoors before and they can control the lighting. And, like, obviously they come outside and it's dusk, so they had to use probably, like, a higher speed film grain. So, like, all of a sudden the movie's, like, ten times grainier in this mm-hmm. scene than uh, any part of the rest of the movie. But I really like it, though, because... It, like, gives it kind of, like, a gritty feel, like, a more realistic feel. Like, this scene, because it's handheld, and it's all in one take, and they're going back and forth with the dialogue. I like this, like, this scene almost has, like, a documentary feel to it. I really like that. See, like, the stuff he's saying to her right here, like, I just, ugh, like, it makes me not like him. Because, like, for for one, when he's like, oh, do you want to go home and change? Like, for that, like, already I'm like, well, that was rude. And then, oh, I forgot to see if he was sitting right there when they were walking away. Mm. Um, and then, like, you know, he's, like, forcing her to go to this party that she doesn't want to go to. She straight out says, no, I don't want to go. And he's like, oh, come on. And, like, just, you know, forcing her, like, it's not going to be that bad and all this stuff. And it's like, he's totally oblivious to, like, you know, what she's trying to say. And then she's like, oh, well... I'll go hang out. He then he tells her, "I'll go hang out with your friends. Go crawl under a rock or something." It's just like, well, fuck. Like, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think her friends are? Like, it's just there's just something about him that turns me off. Like when he talks, like the things that he says, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> well, he's he's very nervous too. But like one thing, like against him as a character, like like I thought this was like so stupid. Like even even if her his friends weren't all assholes, which he knows that they are. Yeah, immediately as like, they walk in the party, everybody's just, like, looking at her, glaring, screaming shit out of her. Like, So it's, like, already, it's, like, okay, this is exactly what she was talking about. Look at her reaction. Are you not yeah. seeing how she's reacting? Just leave. Like, yeah. But, no, he keeps her there. He makes her go through all that crap. I'm just, like, ugh. Like, I don't know. It turns me off about her. But, I mean, there is, like, obviously a discomfort level with this, meeting her meeting this crowd of people. But, like, why would you want to do this on your first date? Like... Like, don't you want to do somewhere it's just the two of you where you can talk and, like, get to know each other? Like, even if you just go eat or you go bowling or something, like, wouldn't that be better? Like, some kind of bonding activity other than just being around a bunch of other people? I can't believe I actually hang out with, associate with these people. It's like, well, you do. Yeah. (laughs) And she warned you that it was going to be terrible and you didn't listen. (laughs) See, but, like, I wondered, too, though, like... I mean, how much he was really friends with these people, though. Like, I think he just like like almost like his circle. Yeah, like the like kind of like the parents had a social circle, and their kids were in a social circle, and probably like the part of town they lived in, you know. But I mean, if he like if he really was like not like them, like this is his like you said, it's his opportunity to take her somewhere, just them two, and he still wanted to go hang out with them. So it's just I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if he was, like, trying to impress her. Like, hey, it's a party. You'll have a good time. But, I mean, come on. Like, it's a high school party. It's just 
gonna be kids drinking and fucking pretty much you know what i mean like she's already seen a naked girl practically in her underwear yeah see like this moment once she saw him i would have been like turn around you turn i'm out of (laughs) here yeah he's he's looking for a bedroom for them to hang out in and he comes in and like they see spader like all drunk is there and i think this is a great performance by spader like he he pretty he seems pretty fucked up like he does a good job of uh acting here I gotta say, like, I actually like him in this movie in terms of how he acts out his character. Like, yeah. he's super asshole-ish and, like... But I don't know. There's something to him that I feel like is deeper. Like, yeah. he has, like, s- real feelings. He's Like, how you're saying Andrew McCarthy doesn't really fit in with the group. Like, I kind of feel like that's how Spader's character is, too. Yeah. But he a- actually lets himself just get lost in it anyways. Because... He doesn't think that you know he could be anything else. Yeah, I mean, I mean, granted, like he was, he was, well, he wasn't alone in a bedroom. He was, <laughs> he was with the girl. They were in there banging, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like he's not, he's not like with the other people in the party, like. Yeah. But to be fair, like one thing that was interesting, I mean, Spader's definitely shocked. Like they play it off, like once he sees Molly Ringwald in the doorway, like he's shocked that she's there. Yeah. But he he actually is like somewhat nice. Like he invites them in, tells them to sit down and have a drink or whatever. <laughs> Hell, you're worth this, Larry. He tells the girl. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing too. Like he's such an asshole to the girls that he's with. Well, I guess just her. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like the biggest jerk in the school, though. I know. It's just funny the way he talks to her. She doesn't even care. <laughs> and this is another thing, too. It's like, why are you sitting there? Like, yeah. why don't you get up and leave? Like, Yeah, she's, like, Spader's <laughs> just kind of like, oh, you're being a bitch, whatever. But, like, she's totally, like, high and Xanaxed out. Like, she's just insulting both of them, both Molly Ringwald and Andrew McCarthy, calling him a faggot and all this, and saying, oh, this bitch is going to ruin my night being here and all this. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> but I always, I always thought it was weird too that like McCarthy like grabbed the six pack of Budweiser and stuff and the bag of pretzels. Did he really think Molly Ringwald was gonna sit down and drink beers with him? Like, <laughs> come on. <I'm> just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just... that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't like. I just he's not likable. Like, I just don't like his character. Is just like not likable in any way. I mean, I like his character. I like him in the movie. I just think he's more like clueless. But I mean, it's. You know, if, like, he would have blown this relationship or whatever, like, it totally would have been on him, in my opinion. And then what a weird thing to say, what, do you want to hit me? It's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. why are you getting violent? Like, what the, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy his, uh, character. But th- this, this is what, uh... <laughs> I find interesting about the movie, it, it's it's not this black and white thing of, like, rich people are assholes and the poor people are cool. Because, like, now they try to go to the bar that she always hangs out with where the band's playing. Yeah. And, like, now now they're going to be unwelcome there, too, because yeah. Ducky's going to be an asshole. But I gotta say, like, this is another, like, favorite thing of this movie to me. Like, how, like, all of a sudden Ducky got into the club... Yeah, I know. Because Annie, Annie Potts said uh, she was his mom. Yeah. And, like, they're they're obviously drinking. Like, she's really shit-faced, kind of. Yeah. But, like, it's kind of interesting, though, that she's, like, intrigued by Ducky. Whereas, yeah. like, all these high school girls are like, oh, whatever, Ducky, such a weirdo. Yeah. She's actually like, this is an interesting guy. Like, 
Because as an older woman, like, she can see that, like, the devotion that he has, like, the passion that he has, and that's appreciated for somebody who's older. Like, she, because the way she talks the whole movie about all these jerks that she goes out with, it's like, she wishes she had a man that would, like, talk to her the way he does. Yeah. (laughs) Who's actually, like, present there with her. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't think there was, like, really anything was going to happen between them. She was just being friendly, you know. Just hanging out with them to make them feel better. But yeah, it was interesting, that relationship that was a friendship that was kind of going on there. But then as soon as Molly Ringwald comes in, like, Ducky takes it up a notch, tries to, puts his arm around her, tries to make her jealous, like, you know. He's not going to ride his bike past her house anymore. Yeah, because, like, Ducky talks about (laughs) how he rides around on his bike past girls' houses and uh, he he says, "Oh, you know, I might put you on my route." And like, she actually like smiles, like she likes it. <laughs> yeah, that's <Nah>. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just asked him for a cigarette. <laughs> I always thought this was weird too, when the guys like with the fucking parakeet hairs making fun of Andrew McCarthy's like wrinkled up linen jacket. Cause he's square. Yeah. To them. Yeah. It's funny, though, because, like, I don't know, to me, it's, like, not that different than what everybody else is wearing in that club. Yeah, other people wear jackets, too, like, the blazer jackets. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Andrew McCarthy tries <laughs> to be nice and meet Ducky, but Ducky's gonna be real asshole. And, I, and it's interesting, too, to watch this scene play out, because it's one thing to just see Ducky treat them like shit, but it, it's interesting how, like, Annie Potts, so, like, I always forget her name. It's, like, something like Alora or something. Iona. Iona, yeah. She, like, like she just, like, it kind of, like, makes this scene, like, so much better because you get to watch, like, the looks on her face while, like, <laughs> she's watching this whole thing go south yeah, in front like, of her. she's oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, she does a great job of, like, the uncomfortableness that you would feel sitting there, you know? <laughs> So you imagine being on the first date with somebody and you meet some guy who's like screaming at you that like I devoted my whole life to this girl and all this? Well, I mean, that's just I don't know. Like they're gonna go where there's they they hit her friends regularly go and yeah they have that drama. <gasps> she called him a retarded little dwarf. That's yeah. rude. Now here's like the best thing Ducky does in the whole movie. He's like, oh, all of a sudden he grabs Annie Potts and, like, smooches her, like, all hard to try to make Molly Ringwald. Like, why would that make Molly Ringwald jealous? It's so funny. It's such a, like, a, it's a dick move. she was into it. Yeah, Annie Potts was like, whoa, wow. You've been replaced. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, when he tells Molly Ringwald you've been replaced, that's hilarious. Yeah, her mind is, like, blown by what, what just happened. Because she does, she says later on, my thighs, my whole body was burning or whatever yeah. she says. Yeah. And then he wiped his mouth <laughs> like he was grossed out. Yeah, he was, I, like, I, I thought of that too. Like, is he wiping his mouth because he's grossed out or is it just because she had lipstick on or what? But either way, it's like, yeah. See, look, he's so, like, oblivious to, like, all this terrible crap that's happening. Like, he all he's all happy and smiling, swinging her hands. So what now? It's just like, dude. Yeah, what a great are date. You, are you not, like, realizing that this all this crap that's happening is terrible? <laughs> yeah, like, went to a party where, like, the second she stepped in the door, people are screaming at her. <laughs> And now you go to, like, a nightclub where it's, like, some guy screaming. Which, by the way, when they were walking around that corner, there's, like, this guy. He's just an extra. He's, like, smoking a cigarette. He's, like, 
blowing the the <laughs> the smoke like fifty feet up into the air. And I saw when I was thinking when we were watching on there, and I was like, damn, I wish smoking was actually that fun. Like I would actually smoke if it was like as fun as they make it magical as they make it look like in movies. Like you see people smoking in movies, and it's like the second they light up, they're like instantly happy. But in real life, you always see people outside or like their job or whatever. Like they look miserable smoking <laughs> a cigarette. Yeah. There's the uh, crux of the issue. Yeah, the big scene. Because she wants to go home, but she just wants him to drop her off at the record store. Which, I always thought she should have been like, my car's there. Like, don't take me home. Like, no. just drop me off at my car. Because it's not like she's been drinking or anything. And he's like, you know, what's the problem? What's the, You know, I'm not being a jerk. What's the problem? And then she finally blurts out, you know, I don't want you to see where I live. So that's like, you know, obviously the whole issue. So yeah, like this has been a terrible date mostly because of the way uh, other people reacted to them going out. But at the same time, like he uh, should have planned a better date. I mean, just like literally anything. Like I get the feeling that she likes him, he likes her. They could have done the lamest thing in the world and they would have been happy. You know what I mean? Like trying to involve other people into it. You know, kind of fucked it up. If I was in a Turkish prison. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't into this relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Andrew McCarthy has a book coming out soon. Like, I think it's like in the pre-order thing where he talks about his career and is like, like, I actually want to get it. I want to hear what he says. Because <laughs> nope. like, like, now he's like a travel writer and stuff. The magic question. Damn. Yeah, I know. That was all she had. he had to do was ask her to prom, and she was all about it, about it. All of a sudden, that terrible date was washed away once <laughs> she's going to prom. I feel like that's, in a weird way, I feel like that's realistic, though. I mean, you know, to, like, just randomly start making out with him? I don't know. Ooh, it gets so sexy. Yeah, he's caressing her <laughs> grandma. Caressing her granny dress. Yeah. I have to say, though, I literally like this shot where they're kissing in front of the headlights of the car. Like, it's very cinematic looking. <laughs> and then she comes back. I think the dad, the way he's sitting with the robe is so funny. I know. Read, I was surprised he was reading a book. <laughs> yeah. It just seems so weird because, like, <laughs> she came out in a robe earlier, too. And I'm just like... It seems so strange because it looks like they're just like naked under the robes because you can't see any like right. pajamas or anything. I'm like, oh my god, they're just walking around naked with robes. It, yeah, it does look sheer or whatever. <laughs> looks weird. <laughs> and then the dad like that with the daughter around, it just seems like <laughs> strange. I think a big part of like their relationship or whatever that's like interesting in this movie is the way other people react to it. Like where she explains... You know, to her dad that, you know, she got asked to prom and who the guy is and he's rich. And I really love uh, Harry Dean's, like, just his reaction, like, where he's like, well, is that a problem? You yeah. know, like, if you guys like each other, it shouldn't make any difference. Like, Well, it's just funny, too, how she's like, oh, he's a richie. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, what? <laughs> so he, even even to some degree, she, even she's putting him kind of, like, in a box, you know? Yeah. That was one thing that, like... I don't know, I thought it was kind of, I mean, obviously I wasn't old enough around this time to, like, understand what social circles were like in high school, but... Yeah. It's just, like, when she's having the conversation with Ducky earlier, too, and, like, it's, like, her main thing is, oh, he has money, like, 
I don't know, like, the fact that she always brings that up, like, it's a big problem, I'm just like, so? <laughs> like, yeah. it's strange that that's such a thing, like, she doesn't refer to him as a Richie until, like, that, to where, once you put a name on it like that, then it seems like, ugh, one of those, you know? Yeah. But up to this point, like, you never really, like, get, like, all she just ever says is, he has money, he has money, and I'm kind of like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I always felt like, like, even when I was a kid, though, like, you know, when I got to be high school age, I always thought that was silly, that, like, kids in school would be like, oh, so-and-so's rich, so-and-so, I'm just like, well, they're not rich, they don't have any money, <laughs> they, like, their parents might buy in this pair of shoes and this jacket and all that, but, like, they're not rich. I, I love the button on the end of that scene where, like, you know, it's, like, the scene of the father and daughter and, like, you know... It's, it's a, normally a scene that would happen between, like, a mom and a daughter in a movie. Yeah. And I like at the end that he apologizes. I think it's a great acting little moment where he apologizes that, you know, he has to be the one that she has he talks to. Oh, my God. That's totally not her. Yeah. I, just, I, I didn't think that was her either when she was walking out of the when house. When she was but, walking out, yeah. yeah. But I also like, too, she says, well, don't be, because I'm not, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I like that, you know, she, like... There's not, like, a part of this movie where it's, like, speaking of not being I somebody... Know. I know. <laughs> we get a rad flashback. Ducky's <laughs> flying around Chinatown, literally uh, doing wheelies. I swear it, that dude is from Rad. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the guy from Rad. Then he even jumps up and rides the thing. Yeah. He doesn't look anything like John Cryer. Like uh, so. <laughs> but that's the joys of high def. <laughs> but, yeah, like, she's, like, so over the mom not being there and, like... I mean, I guess that's the issue with the dad, is that he's just so depressed over it, but... Yeah. Yeah, he realizes, you know, that he doesn't... She doesn't have a mom to go to about her girl stuff. And she reassures him. No, you know, she couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> yeah. That was sweet. Here's the part where uh, Iona talks about strong lips and... Even though she's old enough to be his mom, when Ducky put that uh, kiss on her, <laughs> made her knees buckle. Mm -hmm. Oh, is, is this what it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm old enough to be his mother, but when the duck laid that kiss on me last night, I swear oh my to God, <laughs> my thighs just went up in flames. She put her legs up. <laughs> yeah. He must practice on melons or something. <laughs> That's funny. And fucking, it's funny too, because like Molly Ringwald is just not into it She's at like, all. What? She just like totally ignores, like she never said that. She's just all up into that dress. Yeah. It's funny too, like Annie Potts, like she dress, like every time you see her in this movie, it's kind of fun because she's got a completely <laughs> different like wardrobe and hair. Yeah, no. Like this one, she's wearing a white wig and stuff. It's just yeah. crazy. <laughs> like I always like wish there was like a movie about her because like. It's kind of like the flip side, too, of, like, Molly Ringwald, who's, like, her first love, whatever. Like, Annie Potts, her character is just constantly going through guys. Like, almost every scene, she's, like, saying, oh, I broke up with this guy. Oh, I'm going out with this guy, whatever. Like, in this scene, too, I noticed the way Molly Ringwald was, like, talking and doing that thing with her lip was mm. totally Kristen Stewart in Twilight. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so weird, because it's, like... I mean, I highly doubt that, like, they were sitting there like, oh, let's play these characters out like Pretty and Pink, but it's just, like, so many of the gestures was just, like, it was strange, like, seeing that. She has giant eyes, man. Yeah. I like... This was so random. I was like, what's happening yeah, here? Yeah, when they're... I thought it was a flashback to <laughs> so when Amy Potts was in high school, her prom. Yeah. But then the camera pans over and she's dancing with Molly Ringwald. Yeah. She totally got into another outfit with a beehive hairdo and stuff. <laughs> I thought it was so weird. 
Yeah. I was like, what's happening? Like, I thought it was like a fantasy or something. <laughs> That's awesome that women used to wear their hair like that. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, like, like the the thing that's funny, and I think it kind of hit, like, Kristen Stewart, too, is, like, I feel like Molly Ringwald's career kind of, like, stalled, like, once they realized she would never play, like, regular, like, characters. <laughs> like, she was so awesome of, a, of an actress for how young she was, like, like, this is kind of, like, the middle of her career, kind of. Well, not her career, but, you know, her 80s career, like, what we know her for. Yeah. And, like... Her earlier movies, she did look even younger than she does in this. And she was young. Like, I think she was, like, 17 when she made this movie. Like, the earlier one, she was, like, 15 or whatever. But, um... But, yeah. But it's just, like... She always had to be a quirky girl. Like, the only exception is actually Breakfast Club, where she plays the rich girl in that. Yeah. And she does a great job, too, because, like, there's actually a scene where she breaks down and cries. And it's just, like, everybody expects me to be perfect and be like this and not who I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to you about it, too. Like, I generally never really am into, like, the Molly Ringwald movies. But, and, like, it's funny because she comes out on uh, Riverdale now because she Mm -hmm. plays Archie's mom. And it's just so funny because, like, I just, I like her now as an adult, like, more than I usually do when I watch her in her movies young. It's so strange, but, like... I don't know, like, it's it's funny how she was such a thing, like, I wonder if it was because she had red hair, and it was like, so it made her so distinctive or something. I mean, she was just a young actress, and I don't know how he came across her, but, like, John Hughes, like, once he, he just was mesmerized by her, like, he, he actually wrote this movie just for her. Yeah. So it's like, you know, here we got some more Spader McCarthy action, where this is where, like, Spader really comes out. And he's just, like, he's, then he's really slamming. Because, like, even at the party, he was, like, cordial or whatever, kind of, in his stone-fucked-up way. Yeah. But he's trying to roll this joint, and he's telling McCarthy, you know, she's trash and all this. And, you know, everybody's so upset with you because you took her to the party, you know, what's ruined the party. Which is just ridiculous, because that party was, like, so out of control already. <laughs> he's like, listen, I don't need a lot of shit on this plane, okay, really? It's just, like, it's so fucked up. You're trying to tell your fun, your uh, friend uh, who he should date. Like, it's... Well, it's just more that he's just... It's because she doesn't ever want to be with him. Yeah. He's saying that everybody at the party was upset, but it's really just him that was upset. Yeah. Yeah, he's... He's just doing anything he can to talk him out of it because he could never get her. Yeah. But But he's, like, trying everything in the book. Like, he's saying, like... You know, the friends, like, the party was upset. Now he's saying your parents won't like her and all this kind of stuff. So he's, like, really, like... I mean, he's really just, like... I don't know. He's he's really throwing every excuse he can. Mm. Yeah, he calls her a, a low-grade p- piece of ass or whatever. And, it, and it's, it's really fucked up, too, because he throws it on McCarthy. Like, if you want to ruin a, a friendship over a low-grade whatever piece of ass... So, like, he's really, like... I don't know, he's he's really making it seem... Yeah, and then he walks out, why don't you take a shower, you look like shit. <laughs> but he's really, ma- like, making it sound like, uh, to Andrew McCarthy, like he's doing something wrong, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, like this scene where they go to the horse stable, and they're kind of just, like, talking, and 
kissing. Like, I almost feel like we needed to see them date a little bit more. Yeah. Because it's like, because like really it's like this big love story. And like, like that's like, I guess this is like kind of where the movie, um, I don't want to say falls apart, but it kind of doesn't end as strong as it could have. Yeah. But it's like, and I, I say every time I watch this movie, like for some reason I think they're gonna have a sex here, and I'm I'm glad they don't because I think if they if they did have sex, it would complicate the movie like so much more, you know. I never felt that. I just think it's weird that they're just sitting in dirty hay. Yeah, with those gross old like <laughs> horse blankets that you like wipe a horse's it's like ass. This with. fool cannot like have a like plan a nice date to save his life with all the money he has. <laughs> yeah, like. It's like, and that's oh. what I'm saying. Like, I just get the feeling, like, as if he's just, like, embarrassed to be seen with her in public or something. I don't know. Like, it just... <laughs> well, I think with this, it definitely could be the case. He just was trying to think of a cigarette. But it's like, it's like, either way, it's like, oh, he's so rich. It's like, it really doesn't matter, because, like, at least Ducky will take you, like, Taco Bell or something. <laughs> you can sit on a plastic stool and eat, eat, eat lunch or whatever. Like, Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just a regular place, like... Like, here, you gotta go be on fucking horse hay and blankets with fucking fur on it and shit. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. But this right here, you know, this this end scene where they're kissing in this horse stable, it's pretty much the end of their relationship in the movie. Which is interesting, because, like, when this scene happens, like, you have no really, like, inclination. Like, yeah, there's still, like, a whole half hour left in the movie. <laughs> like, you have no inclination that things are going to come to a screeching halt here, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just sucks, because, like, she's so honest with him and, like, just, you know, tells him how she feels, and he's so, like, never yeah. says anything and never explains what his life is like and... Yeah, he you know. he holds back, and that's what I mean. It, granted, it's very subtle and kind of in between the lines. And here they cut to Ducky being miserable. Ducky really lives in squalor, though, man. He got <laughs> spray painted art on the wall. He's <laughs> living in a shithole, this little mattress. But um, yeah, like, like I always felt like he he felt like he didn't belong where he was, or he didn't like it, or whatever. Like, I wish there was, you know, maybe an extra scene or two to really explain him more. And now, you know, now we're getting to the plot of the movie with the prom. She goes searching for the dress. And, like, this, I mean, I don't know. Like, this store does not look that fancy. Like, I was really surprised this dress she was looking at cost $650 back <laughs> then. That'd be, like, a $2,000 dress now or something. And, like, I'm kind of surprised because, you know, with her, like, I mean, she has a job, so she probably has a little bit of money, but like you said, she buys the thrift store things and redesigns them or whatever. Like, I'm kind of surprised that, like, they play it off later when she makes her own uh, uh, prom dress that that they play it off like like she had this idea, like it was a big miracle to happen. Like, I would have thought the second she got asked to the prom, she would have started working on her dress, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like that's what she did with all her just normal everyday life clothes. Yeah, we got more rich bitches coming in. It's like, other than the end dance here, like, this kind of like the only other glimpse of Gina Gershon you got in the movie. <laughs> Is she in the dancing movie? Yeah. She, like, you're just literally, like, sitting with a group of people the and all that. The dancing movie. The yeah. dance scene. <laughs> so here we have Angel McCarthy. He's just sitting in his bed. He won't answer his phone now all of a sudden. 
Yeah, he basically, like I said, like, they don't really have, like, the dramatic breakup, like, you know, like, just for no reason, he starts ghosting her, and then, because, like, you know, she's more honest and stand-up, you know, it's gonna come to a head at the school. That's why I just, like, this part here, I'm just like, come on, dude, grow some balls, like, it just makes me not like him, because he just leaves her hanging. Yeah. For, For no good reason, really, that we know of. And the, the, that's jumping ahead a little bit where they end up together. Like, that's why I never understand that, where, like, he comes off like he's the good guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny, too. I guess we should go ahead and talk about this. We should mention um director of this movie, Howard Deutsch. Uh, he would go on uh, the year after this and do another John Hughes movie, Some Kind of Wonderful, with Leah Thompson. That's where he met her and they got married and stuff. They have a couple daughters now who are actresses. But, um, yeah, there's, like, a thing. Like, it's not even on Wikipedia that John Hughes didn't like the ending, like, changing the ending. Which I I was like, but he wrote the new ending. No. And then supposedly he didn't like, like, Howard Deutsch. Like, supposedly they had a falling out. I was like, but then he still had him direct his next movie. So I'm like... (laughs) I don't think that really... I don't think it was really a falling out. I just think this movie, like, never knew how to end. I mean, it had the real ending that it should have had, but, you know, it didn't, like, work according to everybody, supposedly. It's funny, because, like, he buys her this, like, fancy dress or whatever, and he just buys it for her knowing she's going to chop it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always got the feeling that he got it, like, either at a cheap place or he got it secondhand. And he was saying, you know, you can do something with this or whatever. The fabric's nice and stuff. It's just funny. Yeah. I can make something out of it. (laughs) Because it's not good enough. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't say that part, but... (laughs) It's just funny. It's interesting, too, like, the way they play this. is interesting writing by John Hughes. That they, um... Kind of once, like, her world kind of starts to crumble a little bit. Once she, can t- like, she don't know exactly, but she can tell shit's going south with uh, Andrew McCarthy. Like, all of a sudden, she, like, gets, like, more, I guess you would say, uh, I don't know, tough on her father. And, like, I kind of like like that, too, because it's it's more like when shit goes wrong, goes wrong for her and she gets stressed out. All of a sudden, she becomes harsher and more mean, you know what I mean? See, this scene, too, like, I kind of... I thought it was weird that he never really explains, like, what he's been doing with his time. Yeah. He's been pretending to have a new job, but he really just kind of has this same old job because he didn't go to the appointment or whatever to interview for his new job. It's really just because he didn't want that job. And then this part, he gets pretty, like, he gets, like, rough with her. Yeah, they're gonna slap her or something. She doesn't even, like, react in any way, like, scared or anything. No. Well, also, too, like, they had this really sweet relationship up until this oh. this moment. Yeah, like, she com- oh. she confronts him, like, because she knows the reason he's so sad and keeps fucking everything up. Yeah. It's because he's, because, like, the mom, we should say, too, that the mom left, I, I can't remember what they said, is either three or four years earlier. Three years? Yeah, so it's not like, you know, it's not like she left 20 years ago or something. And he just, he, he's basically depressed. He's, you know, yeah. he's in a, a long-term uh, depressed state. 
And like, yeah, I like, I like, like this scene almost made me cry there tonight because like how she like confronts him with it that she didn't love you, you know, saying like the mom didn't love you, and he grabs her like he's gonna fuck her up at first, but then he I just know. he just breaks down crying because like you know, because yeah. she starts she brings out the wisdom of a a fifty year old woman <laughs> that yeah. she never loved us back yeah. and like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, when she says she left us, daddy, we never left her. And just that line killed me, too, when she said, I was 14 and I knew it, and you were 50 and you didn't, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just, it's just, I don't know, it's so, so heartbreaking, like, the story of this family and this guy and his daughter, what happened, yeah. so. <laughs> and they resolve it kind of quick, in all honesty, and they, they get back together being close, because they, they are close, because, like, they only have each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. She don't have Blaine, she don't have Ducky. And he kind of makes it sound like, you know, he's going to get back on the ball and whatever. But in reality, she really feels sad, too. Yeah. Because her shit's cra crashing down. I think it's weird, though, that, like, yeah, like, the way she feels about the mom like that, like, that she still had that picture of. Yeah. Yeah, it makes her cry, too, looking at the picture of the mom. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have that picture up, though. <laughs> no, I would I don't got a picture it, of my dad up anywhere. <laughs> yeah, if it would me, I would have smashed that picture and thrown it in the trash a long time ago. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's what happens. Parents leave. Sometimes moms leave, sometimes dads leave. Yeah. Happens to a lot of people. See, like, he likes her. Like, I feel yeah. like he really does like her. Yeah, James Spader. But at the same time, he even if they went out, he would be no good for her. Yeah. Although, you know, we don't. it's hard to say. We don't know what his intentions would be for her. But I do feel like if, if he really did have something going with her, I feel like as much of a dick as Spader is, like, I'm not saying he would be really, like, that great of a boyfriend to her, but I think he would stand up to all his friends and tell them to shut the fuck up. Because, yeah. like... He has that kind of balls, and he is, like, the leader of the social circle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, McCarthy looks like he just wants to sink into the woodwork here when he sees her waiting for him at the hall. Uh, I have to say, like, it's highly improbable, and it's movie, you know, world magic, whatever. But I like the way this movie constantly puts the three, you know, it... It's a love triangle that's not really a love triangle, but I like how Ducky's always, like, nearby when, like, the major stuff happens and he sees it going down. Right, yeah. here's the moment of truth. So, yeah, apparently, like, yeah, she's like, you know, I called and left messages for you, and he's like, he's oh. He's claiming he got in trouble for going to the stable. Yeah, that they snuck in the stable. And I'm curious if any of it's true, in all honesty. I know. Because, like, we know the ending was different. And that's why I said, that's what's hard. is like, you watch a movie, and for three-fourths of it, it's telling one story. And then all of a sudden, for the last five minutes, it tells a different story. Yeah. But, um, because when they changed the ending, pretty much, that's when they came up with the thing of, like, oh, he'll go by himself. So I think he really, in the original one, he was going to be there with a different girl. Yeah, let's see what he says. A month ago, I asked somebody else, and I, I forgot. forgot. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't know if the stable story is real. We don't know if this is real about yeah. asking somebody else. 
I think I think something's real. One or the other is real. I think real. The, the other date is real. Yeah. But... He has been... Either way, he's been dodging her for no reason. He's treating her like garbage. Yeah. And he still has nothing to say for himself. Yeah. You don't understand. It has nothing at all to do with you, but I'm still not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> and again, he, he starts crying, so it's it's not like he's, you know... There's something. Yeah. There obviously just, is something wrong, but he just never tell, he, he never says what it is. And maybe that's also, too, the contrast between him and Ducky. Is Ducky, well, Ducky wears his heart on his sleeve, and yeah. he holds everything, and everything's hidden and repressed that's with him. That's what I don't like. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> and then this guy... Yeah, Spader. It's awesome. Spader just smoking in the middle of the school, telling him like, "Hey, you know, she wasn't uh, worth it and all this." And he said, "I told you this was going to happen." <laughs> and it's weird too, cause like it's weird, like just how Ducky He's was. He's like, right. "Damn, I know how he feels." <laughs> yeah. Ducky was right, and Spader was right. Although Spader, oh, well, actually, both of them both helped, kind of torpedo this relationship <laughs> i love this scene too how ducky just lays in wait i know to uh fucking get spader spader even sees him too because he hears what he's see like this part is a part where i feel like now now ducky's becoming like less of the annoying nerd friend and more yeah. of like the actual man that she a man could, like, yeah. yeah that she could actually like be with because he's like defending her so hardcore get him well, well, this was all part of the original <laughs> shooting and script, so I mean, I th- I think that's what. And at first, like, yeah, at first, like, Spader's Ugh. like wiping the floor with them, right into the fucking. But box. It, it keep it keep yeah no it keeps going on and eventually Ducky starts getting some good blows and I was really surprised like yeah. like nobody really whips each other's ass but yeah it's a point where Spader's having to cover his face up and shit. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. I love when Ducky runs down the hall and rips them the prom banner. <laughs> He's, like, Fuck the prom. He's like, "Fuck you, assholes." Spader just man, talk about a great actor. He, like the little spit he does at the end Ugh, after getting punched in the mouth. Yeah, it's just like, but it's so real. It's like a real yeah. moment of what somebody would do after getting in a fight, you know? Yeah. <sighs> That's why, like, there's even kind of a little like. She's like, do I have the right house? <laughs> yeah, because a guy, like a real, like... A normal guy. Yeah, basically Blaine's older brother answers the door. Yeah. <laughs> he's a guy, shop. Yeah, he's the guy that owns a pet shop. That's funny. Yeah. Shake her tail feather. He's, it, it, it seems like he's been out here for an hour waiting for her to get ready. And it's hilarious, too, because, like, you know, like, you could imagine all her outfits before. She had big, crazy hair, like, yeah. really heavy makeup. And, like, this one, she's just, like, listening to the radio and dancing around, and she's just wearing, like, the most normal clothes. Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of, like, turning normal, though. She's found a normal guy. It's funny, because, like, lately, there's, like, been the style of this, where, like, all the women are wearing, like, blazers and pantsuits now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of, like, this movement of, like, women trying to, like, be in the same position as men and all that, it's, like, it's not original. Like, yeah, women were doing this back then, like, dressing like men. See her with the shoulder the pads? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, 
Because, like, there have been so, so many times lately where we've watched performances. Well, I guess really it was all from the New Year's performances. Yeah. Like, Brandy was wearing a suit like this. Um, Sierra. Sierra was wearing the boxy suit. Sierra was like a zoot suit, actually. Yeah. And then, like, um, I just recently saw something. Jennifer Lopez was wearing that. Yeah. But she was actually wearing it. I was watching because I was just going through all her videos recently. Mm. She actually has a video from, like, years ago where she was wearing that, like, yeah. similar outfit like that. So it's like... But Jennifer Lopez is a lot familiar with the 80s because of her dance background. But yeah. it's just, like, this style of, like... You know, women not going into, like, this woman stereotype of having to look beautiful in dresses and all that stuff. It's, like, that was, this, that was happening, like, way before now. <laughs> yeah. It's not a new thing, and I just... I get so tired of everything now acting like it's the first time they're doing it in history. Every, everything was a minute, five minutes It's like ago, you yeah. can put on one of these movies at any time and see that you guys are not the originators of this, you know? Like, it just... I don't know. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess that's also a testament to say that things never change because it's like the women back then felt the need to do that and apparently women now feel the need to do that. But it's just... It's just the idea that everybody thinks they're doing everything now for the first time. Can't stand yeah. it. <laughs> that was a side note. <laughs> and, like, the whole point of the scene for, you know, to break down and cry to her friend here, I don't know, that, uh, you know, everything went wrong with the prom, but she still wants to go. She said, oh, you you know, you offered me oh, yeah. your prom dress, so I want it, I need it. <laughs> and I'm like, I think she meant for you to wear it. Yeah. Like, not to chop it into a million yeah. pieces the way you're going to do it. That was the first thing I thought of, too. I was like, oh, she... Because, like, she told that story earlier of how, oh, my mom bought me this dress, and she was so happy and all this stuff. Well, she cherished it so much. Yeah. I mean, the way she dressed up in it, yeah. it was like reliving the memory and all that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be super pissed. And then she just chopped it up. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like, it's just, I mean, obviously you're not supposed to worry about that type of thing when you watch a movie, but it's, <laughs> it's totally, like, it bugs the shit out of me every time I see I this know. movie. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like, what exactly she did with that dress and the other dress. I couldn't figure out what parts were what. <laughs> yeah, it's like, she took, like, like it's pretty much like she just changed the... The one dress to fit her better, but then she used pieces of other dress to make that neck piece. Like that was her big thing was to make that wrap around collar for her neck, yeah. and then maybe she makes a shawl out of it. I'm not sure. I don't know, but I thought that what she came up with was kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I, I, I thought both of the previous dresses, if you just would have put them on, would have looked better. There, see, he was. Yeah, he put the picture away. I like how they just cut to a random yeah. shot of Ducky. Yeah. Being sad somewhere. And this guy. McCarthy. Drinking out of his... His Land O'Lakes mug. mug. <laughs> Spader's all about it, though. He's styling, yeah, profiling, yeah, yeah. getting ready for the prom. <laughs> He's going to give his girlfriend some Quaaludes. And... Yeah. Oh, my God. Here's yeah. my bag dress. <laughs> it's, it's such a bag. Because, like, when Annie Potts had it on, and it was, like, the real full dress... Like, yeah, it was long and, like, slim or whatever, but it didn't look like a bag on her like that. Yeah. The way it looks on Molly Ringwald. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what she did to it. <laughs> I feel bad for Harry Dean where he's like, oh, you know, your, your guy's going to think you look like a million bucks and she has to tell him. You know, oh, yeah, it didn't work there's out. No or, yeah. yeah, there's no date. I'm just going by myself. So she says, I'm just going to walk in and walk out, come, you know, come home. 
and basically she's like, oh, you know, I want to let them know that they didn't break me. Yeah. Which, like, to me, that's the spirit of the original ending with her and Ducky going yeah. in. And, like, everybody said, oh, that's a bad ending because you can't have her and Ducky end up together. I'm like, how are they... Well, in-? no, everybody didn't say no, that. Yeah. Molly Ringwald well, said that. Molly, well, <laughs> to be fair, Molly Ringwald and test audiences demanded oh, yeah, in guess. the studio. The test audience in the one theater showing that they did. In the, <laughs> yeah, in, in the studio went nuts because, like, whatever. But, but you know what? That's what happens with movies. That's why test screens are such bullshit. Oh, my God, look at this guy dancing in the front. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some crazy extras here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah, so now we're into the reshoot footage. Andrew McCarthy has wig hair on now. I don't know why you're so obsessed with that. Everybody like, says I don't it, even it, notice it. Her spader feeding his girlfriend quaaludes, calling her uh, trash. S- trash. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he puts a quaalude in her mouth. He's like, you're such trash. Oh, I was wondering why she like told them to stop. Because they're dancing too close. No, because he's got his hands on her butt. Oh, he did? <laughs> yeah. But, um... Yeah, like, I don't know, like, even after, usually when you tell me, like, oh, this is a reshoot, like, I can see the hair is different, but, yeah. like, I don't even see the hair different on this one, it, like, doesn't even matter. It's just more of his, mm-hmm. it's, his hair is, like, stiff or whatever, I but, don't, I, don't, I mean, it's not like it was usually moving around before. <laughs> yeah, but it, especially on the back of his neck, it's, like, all, it's just weird looking. Yeah. And also, too, it's even less the wig as much as his his face. He looks like he lost a bunch of weight. I don't know what, <laughs> what movie he was doing at the time. Um, but, yeah, he just he just looks different than he did on footage. I think it would have been better if they just would have cut his hair for real. See, so, like, this whole thing was, like, how the reason why she thought that... This looks like a train station. It does. The reason why uh, she thought that they wouldn't be good together is because they were more of like a brother and sister situation. I'm talking about her and Ducky. Yeah, but this scene here is like... Like, the second she sees him, she is so happy to see him. And I'm like, that can totally translate that she's like, has feelings for him, you know? Well, yeah, we we should say too, like... The original version of the movie where she ended up with, with Ducky. And again, like, I still don't feel like it's, like, her, her so and Ducky badass. being romantic, whatever. But it's, like, she was all about it. Cause, see, look at her face. Like, what? That's him? He's hot. Like, yeah, I Ducky, totally can Ducky see it looks like cool that. now, yeah. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> and he's there. Because, like, also, too, she just wanted to walk into the prom and walk out. But she's chickening out right here. Like, she's mm. getting ready to... Turn back and leave and not walk in. Look at she's like running to him. Like yeah. uh, look at I don't know. You don't do that with a brother. Come on. But why is it romantic all of a sudden too though? Because it's like it's like he's there to support her to give her the courage to, for her to do what because she needs she, to do. He makes her happy. She doesn't need anything else. She just needs him. Yeah. I don't know. That's the way I see it. Like it's just that moment in all the teen movies from when we were younger, like when they see the person all dressed up. Like, yeah. They like, oh, this was my moment of clarity that he was trying to be a ducky boy. Yeah. <laughs> and that why his name was Ducky. <laughs> Which when we watched The Wanderers, the ducky boys were like evil. But he's like. Yeah. yeah I read up all of the history about that and they were like pretty like I mean it came from a racist thing and all that but then once it got to be like a thing here they turned it just more to be um, a rockabilly thing more than yeah. having the attitude of what the actual ducky boys were like and I would say he's a kid in the 80s he's just going with the style the, yeah. the clothing style yeah. he's not really all about the movement yeah, that has exactly. been long gone yeah. yeah but yeah so they kind of come in and face down Spader and 
And Andrew McCarthy comes over. And then I just like how the guys like hold themselves like how Spader had his hand all like, you know, sticking like he was holding his hand out, standing there and stuff. Like it just <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like so much oh, there's the old man hand. I never noticed that. That's one <laughs> thing. I noticed the wig, but I don't notice the old man hand holding her hand. But just like the way they carry themselves with that yup, you kinda like, oh yes, mm, yeah, it's kind of thing with their hand gestures, like Yeah. It's just a lot of personality that I appreciate. Isn't it interesting, like, with the roles they played here, right? And then, like, immediately they turn around and do Mannequin, and McCarthy's, like, the cool artist guy, and Spader's got his, like, slicked-down hair playing the nerd who ran the department (laughs) store. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just talk about great actors, man, just totally slipping into different (laughs) roles, like, right away. And there we saw that he said, oh, you couldn't buy her. Yeah, that's why you don't like her, because, you know... That's, she knows your shit. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, she, she was, like, the only girl in the whole school that we saw through, like, Spader's like bullshit. Too, he's like, uh, whatever, dude. He's like, all right, I, 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 I accept you. <laughs> but again... Just, like, the look on his face was so, like, all right, fucker. <laughs> but I think it's so funny that they think this reshot ending works so damn good. Because, like, know. even when, like, he shakes hands with, with Ducky, like, Ducky becomes, like, the bigger man, but he still seems like... For me. Yeah, like, like he's like, oh, I'm the victim here. It's like, no, dude. It's like, you're the one who quit calling your girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they, and then he plays it. He's like, you told me to believe in somebody who didn't believe in you. I believed in you. And he says, I always believed in you. You just didn't believe in me. Like, what? <laughs> That's like, what I said. Like, you're trying to say that, like, when she, like, yelled at you at the school for not calling her, that she jumped to the wrong conclusion. Like, no, you were ghosting her, Well, dude. to me, it's like, believe in you what? Like, yeah. Like, what did you do that needed to be believed in? That's yeah. where I'm like... Well, that was, like, before I remembered. Because I know we watched when they played it in the theater. I knew we yeah. saw those special features. I just didn't remember. Yeah. So, like, when, I, when we were re-watching this again, I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. And I just was like, I don't know about this. Well, <laughs> but then once we, we watched those special features again, I was like, oh, okay, everything makes sense now. I mean, it's still... Not right, but it makes sense well, why it played out the way it did. Well, what's worse, too, is, like, he whispers in her ears, like, I'll always love you, and he walks away. Yeah. And it's, it, like, that's, like, she's not convinced. Ducky has to sit there and then convince her. Yeah. To, like, go to him, go, like, I'll never blow it. He starts joking around, but he's like, yeah. so it's like, now Ducky has to convince her to go yeah. be with him? Like, but here's the best part of the movie, really, <laughs> is he's finally rid himself of annoying Molly Ringwald. <laughs> And the second he does, he looks over, because he's such a big stud now, Ugh. and all of a sudden, Christy Swanson is, like, <laughs> totally thirsty for him over on the dance floor. What? Huh? And he's like, me? me? And she's like, yeah. Me? And then no, all... Moi? Yeah. He's like, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm all about the ducky, man. And then he gets to stare into the camera like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yeah. Then he, then he goes, get a, he gets a real woman. <laughs> I was gonna say that scene too uh, when he was at the top of the stairs when she saw him and he took his glasses off. He totally looked like Matthew Broderick. Yeah. So so now they go out into the parking lot and they kiss and it's just like abruptly the end of the movie. I know you were so upset with how it ended. I'm like, what? it's just Why? like the edit of it is like she drops her purse into the dirty rainwater and then like. But that's the happily ever after. It's like it doesn't matter what happens after that. 
Yeah, I just... To me, it would have been more powerful, the original ending, that her and Ducky... Because originally, the way it was, was her and Ducky go in the go into the prom, and, like, the whole dance floor, like, separates, and yeah. stands around and look at them, and they... Her and Ducky dance together in front of everybody, yeah. and it's kind of like, yeah, fuck you, like, you know, we are who we are. Yeah. Like, to me, that's stronger than just instantly giving in. <laughs> and, like, yeah, on the special features, like, like, like I was saying before, because they were, um considering uh robert downey jr because he just did weird science with john hughes yeah for him to be ducky he would have been a cool ducky like i don't think he'd been as good as uh oh yeah christy swanson played the duck yet so that's totally <laughs> awesome but uh yeah so like he would have been a good ducky but i don't think he'd been as good as john crier and like apparently molly ringwald was hot for um for robert downey jr and then they did end up doing that movie the pickup artist together like right after this <laughs> But uh, she was like, yeah, I could see it if it was him. But once it became John, we didn't have that energy and all that kind of yeah, thing. And like I was saying to you, it's just like, I mean, in, in real life, would you end up with the guy who knows you and is your best friend? And again, like, I don't I, like I don't think, you know, her and Ducky would have ended. It's awesome that as soon as the movie ends, like all of a sudden the heater stops blowing <laughs> like all over into the microphone. But uh, it's just like. Like, I don't think... Because of the terrific day we had. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think just because you went to prom together, like, as friends and hold hands for one second, that that means that, like, you ended your whole life with, with Ducky, you know what I mean? Well, it just... I mean, it would have depended on the dialogue that they were doing at the, you yeah. know, with that scene, because if that would have happened, I mean, just with the visual of it, the way they were describing it, aside from what the actor's interpretation of that scene would have yeah. been... I would have taken it that she chose him, like, yeah. as her, you know, as her romantic choice, so, I don't know. Yeah, and, like, in the behind-the-scenes footage from, like, the original take, like, when they walk in, like, I don't know what they all say to each other, but, like, McCarthy does come up to her, and then, like, he, he just throws his hands up in there, and he walks away, like, yeah. he leaves her, like, he walks... he's, like, shaking his head as he walks away. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, whatever. It's like, it's like, yeah, like, I don't know, I, like... I, I think it's one of those things where, at the time, they are going off a test screening of what a lot of, like, probably 12-year-old girls wanted. Yeah, whoever was in that test screening, they ruined it. But, <laughs> but, but, I, but I really think, like, those same 12-year-old girls growing up now, like, I think, <laughs> I think when you're a grown-up, and I didn't see this movie until I was a grown-up, like, I mean, this movie came out when I was, like, nine years old. I wasn't going to see high school romance yeah. movies when I was nine years old, you know? So I didn't see it, like, way later as an adult. It was probably, like, one of the last John Hughes movies I actually saw, and I ended up just falling in love with it, just because I think the character work and the writing is so good, all the stuff I talked about. But, yeah, I, th I think those same 12-year-olds, like, when you're an adult, like, you're like, no, like, it, the, 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 the real story is that, like, you don't let that guy treat you like shit and then just immediately run back into his arms, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, as a teenager watching it, you're all about the, like, hunky attractive guy or whatever but then once you get older you'd be like iona and be like oh like I can yeah, see, have like, some self-respect dump ducky, that fool like yeah. ducky has more passion for yeah. me let me choose him <laughs> yeah i mean in the movie the grown woman like sees the worth in ducky that molly ringwald can't just because yeah. she wants to get her heart broken yeah. and like you know it's like i get it it's a movie and he told he told spader to fuck off and all that but the next day or a week later, he's if he was that week before, he'll just go back to being that week. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really what it was that annoyed me about him was that he just seemed so, like, weak, like, yeah. like lame. Like, he had no... 
And I mean, again, I don't know what it's like having a lot of money, obviously, and living under pressure of, you know, rich standards and all that by your parents, but... Yeah. I don't know. He kind of seemed pathetic to me, so that's why I was like, by the end, I was like, yeah, I was all about Ducky. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, actually, I was kind of all about Spader too. Yeah, Spader. Because <laughs> he seemed like he was genuinely hurt every time he yeah. saw them together. I was like, oh man. It's like he might have been an asshole, but at least he got jealous. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, there's just something too, like with the reshot ending. Like, I don't like the way it visually looks. Like how like McCarthy like immediately goes up to them. Like it's not like they go into the prom and they spend some time and yeah. then and then eventually he makes up the courage to like. Like, they should have played that scene, like, for a beat longer. Because, like, the way he just walks straight up to them the second they walk into the prom, it's almost like Ducky is just there to present her to him. <laughs> like, to yeah. bring her, like, from the hallway into him. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah it's kind of like... I don't Like, it just... It never sat well with me. And, like, I like the end shot. Like, the way it looks. They're outdoors kissing. I mean, actually, they're not outdoors. They're actually indoors. But it's meant to be, like, a parking lot. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, just the way they got there... And it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's like when you, like we said, like you watch this movie for, like, you don't really know where it's going at first, but like for the first three, four, it's like this movie, it's not a, it's not a, like a big romance movie. It's a heartbreak movie. Yeah. That's what I was like when we were at the beginning, when we were talking about, oh, like this is the Valentine's Day movie. I was going to say like, eh, yeah. I don't really know if it is, but a love story. Well, well no. That's how you brought up like, we, this is the first one without monsters or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I was kind of like, well, this isn't really a love story either. <laughs> well, well, no, according to all the, the legions of fans who look back on it with the nostalgia, <laughs> It's the most beautiful and touching love story ever. You know what I mean? But yeah, but it just—I appreciate it. I appreciate the the teen drama. The, the I mean, it definitely but, has a lot of emotional nuances that you yeah. know, a teenager, or anybody who's been in that kind of situation of like a parent leaving or unrequited love, so to speak, of like Ducky, like being so in love with her and like, you know, not having it returned back. Like there's a lot of two. And then I guess also if you're rich and like (laughs) have this social status pressure you're living under, there's a lot to it. And like the relationship between a dad, because you never really see movies. Well, I mean, I guess that's not true. You never really see movies where there's a single parent, honestly, like from back then, like, yeah. Where, like, the parent is very present. Usually the parent's not really there, so the yeah. kid has to, like, raise themselves or whatever. But, like, there's also the relationship between the dad and the daughter. And, like, there's a lot of yeah. stuff to this movie that, you know, can be appreciated. Aside from the altered uh, love story that should have been. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's kind of interesting, though, because I can feel like... Like, I always liked this movie, but I feel like my, um reaction or whatever to it is um it like it like it kind of changes because like it used to be when i would watch it like i actually liked the ending like i like how like fairy tale ending it was so i was I, like when i first watched it i was like the 12 year old girl being like oh it, it, it isn't nice you yeah. know what i mean whatever but then like yeah like the more i watch it and like the more i pick up on all the the nuances of the movie like to me, like even the part like where she walks up to the the prom and Ducky's there, and like if they just would have walked into the door and the movie would end it, like I would have been happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's just the ending is so obviously like pandering yeah. to like oh it's the happy ending it's the happy ending it's like, 
But like I said, like, I always, like, you know, the more times I watch it, the more I feel like he treated her like shit. And for her just to immediately, like, not even an apology, just to be like, you didn't believe in me, but I always love you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I just, I don't see it. And, and like, nobody really ever, like, comments on that. I've never heard anybody really comment on that. Well, it's funny, because it's like, there's a lot of these movies that, like, I mean, obviously you're watching them because you like them, and I'm not familiar with that, familiar with them at all, because, like, either I've never seen them, or I have my opinion about them if I have seen them. Yeah. So, like, I really try not to, like, say anything <laughs> cause about, like, how I'm feeling about stuff. But on this one, I couldn't help it. Like, I was just like, what? Like, that doesn't... Like, it was just too obvious how much sense it didn't make to where I was like, I don't know about this guy. Like, it just... It didn't seem right. And, like... I don't know. There were a couple scenes, too, where she, like... She didn't... She wasn't really exactly clear about, you know... It was really just that one scene that it took forever for her to finally say, like, I don't want you to know where I live or whatever. Because she was poor. Yeah. yeah, but, like, at that part, I was just, like, the guy was already, like, driven crazy. I was already driven crazy by the time she finally shouted it out. But, yeah. I mean, really, her and Ducky pretty much, like, say what they mean and mean what they say, like, and they blurt it out, you know? Like, they don't, like, hide anything from each other, so... Yeah, just like the whole time, I just, little by little, more and more, I was just kind of like, ah, I'm not into this Andrew McCarthy guy, <laughs> like, yeah. this Blaine guy. Well, it, it's, it's tough for me, because like, I, I love, I love Andrew McCarthy just in general, I like a lot of movies he's been in, and like, this should be like one of the top ones, obviously, that I like, because you know, it's got James Spader, it's got Molly Ringwald, it's got John Cryer, but like, he is, like, kind of the weakest link, and, like, I don't even really think it's, like, like, he did the movie and he gave a shitty performance. I think the writing and the editing yeah. kind of let him down. Oh, yeah, it was the character, not him. Yeah. Not the actor. But, like, just like it was, <laughs> we were saying how the only reason why they changed it was because Molly Ringwald didn't have a good, have a romantic yeah. relationship with John Cryer. That was her thing. It wasn't that, it wasn't that, uh her character didn't yeah. have a relation, like a romantic relationship or romantic feelings for Ducky. It was that the actor didn't have it. I was just like, what? Yeah. How can you change the movie just because the actor doesn't have feelings for the other actor? Like, it just, I don't know. That was so strange. But honestly, like with this, I mean, I know we watched it on mute with captions, but like this time, like we just saw it a couple days ago. But like this time, I was really kind of like feeling bad for Spader yeah. when we watched it. Now. I don't know. He's like, pretty. He's pretty red. Like it's it's one of his best performances. I mean, he is a douchebag, but yeah, but I don't he, know. Like I still kind of felt like oh, he really likes her. <laughs> he, he yeah, he knows exactly. Like, <laughs> but it's also too. It's like I couldn't have her, so I'm gonna poison the well. Yeah. Like that's still a dig move, no matter why yeah, you're doing it. But, like, I, I, I kind of got the feeling, too, that, like, you know, like, the way he was drinking at the prom, and he was just like, let's go to the hotel room or whatever, we yeah. can come back, whatever. Like, you almost, by the end, like, even though he's an asshole, you almost feel like he's, like, numbing himself, yeah. like, all the time drinking, because, like, he doesn't like his life either, and he yeah. doesn't like these people either, he just, you know. That's the exact, that's why I'm saying, like, I kind of feel bad for him, because it's, like, it seems like her, like, is like would be his kind of normal life kind of yeah life that he 
probably wishes he could have. <laughs> but it's like, I think the movie would have been probably more amazing. Like, it's hard to say, because it's, it's still, like, to me, 80% a great movie. Yeah. But it's like... It's just the ending. That's yeah, I, I think if John Hughes would have directed himself, and I don't know why he really didn't want to, or, like, like he really wanted to, you know, he wrote it and he really wanted to produce it. I think it was his first movie he kind of, like, produced that he didn't direct. Look at the picture. Oh, wait, we have it replaying the movie you're playing again, yeah. but... And the scene where uh, the dad made breakfast for her in the morning that she didn't eat because she doesn't eat eggs. Yeah. There's a picture in the background of a woman and like a kind of prince looking guy or whatever and she's wearing a pink dress. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, like, like it's kind of funny but like this the, the, the title Pretty in Pink is like so literal besides the song on the soundtrack which actually you got to hear that song live a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we went to see Psychedelic first. It, and believe it or not, that's kind of like why I got into this. Uh, I didn't get into the song because of the movie. I got into the movie because of the song. Because mm. the song is, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's actually very depressing. And it's all about, it's, it's actually about a couple different girls. Like, he names them by different names. And he just talks about, like, things girls do and how they're actually, like, they're pretty and they're beautiful on the outside. But they're actually sad on the inside, you know what mm. I mean? And, like, yeah, it's been said that, the, the obviously, the movie was partially inspired by the song and whatnot. But, um, but the thing I love about the movie, you know, I think it's still a great movie, is as much as the central story is about, you know, the relationship between, um, uh, I, I never remember her name, Andy, between Andy and Blaine. It's, like, it's really, like, about the general theme of love, because you have, you have even the older characters, you have the dad who's heartbroken. Yeah. You have, uh, Ducky who's pining for the girl he can't get, and then, and then you have, and Spader uh, pining for the girl he can't get. Spader, <laughs> who's just, like, knee-deep in all the trim he can get, but... <laughs> He, like, he's still not happy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he has, quote-unquote, love. I mean, he has a girlfriend, he has a relationship, he has sex. Obviously, we see him having all Love but, isn't sex. Yeah, that, sex he, isn't that he calls trash, you know, <laughs> like, the girl. But it's, like... And he then loves with, her. He loves her. Yeah, he and then, like, Andy. with Iona, it's, like, you know... She's trying to she, find the right guy. She's going through a bunch of different guys. Yeah, so it's, like... It, like that's why it's a great movie. It would be a shallow movie if the only love element was the relationship between them two, and it was just be one of them corny things of like the you know it's usually the boy from the wrong side of the tracks in these movies, but in this case it's the girl from the quote unquote wrong side of the tracks or whatever you know. Yeah. But I, I think that's why it's actually a great movie. Is you have all these character act you know well these characters and great actors playing them and just it all ties together and like that's why like like i always say like some of my favorite well really my favorite scenes are the ones with either harry dean stanton or uh, annie potts and it's just like and spader too but uh even though spader's kind of known for playing this type of character but it's still one of his best performances but like yeah just the whole the whole cast to me is what makes it great and just like unfortunately it kind of has a nonsense it, it it's 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 put it this way it's it's a it's a kind of serious kind of drama thing that has a cheesy Hollywood ending yeah. <laughs> because it had to it was a studio mandated that it had to. By the way, it was funny because like I remember when we were watching it and they showed that one scene when they were in the classroom like at the beginning when the girls are making fun of her and how she dresses or whatever. Um. 
I was looking at the cla- the other classmates in the room. Yeah. Like, I remember when Dawson's Creek came out and everybody was like, oh, they were making fun of it because they were like, oh, that's 20-year-olds playing high school kids. Yeah. Like, I was looking at the classroom and all the other supposed kids yeah. that were in that. Those people looked like they were 30 years so, old. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was funny. And, you know, and, and like... I'll be honest, like, you know, with the the rise of Tom Holland and Zendaya and, you know, everybody has to be young to play young. Like, I actually like the way it was in the 80s and 90s when people were, like, in their 20s and 30s playing high school kids. Well, because it gave them more, like, nuance. Like, they weren't played out like they were young and, like, dumb. Like, they were played out like they had, not experience, but just a more wider uh, way of thinking about things. I'll always take better actors. Not wider in the color, but wider as in a bigger spectrum of thought. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I always take better actors playing too young a character. You know, just like when you watch The Wanderers, like, none of those guys look like they're in high school, but it's still a great <laughs> cast, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, like uh, the movie's been long over with, but you know, obviously there's so much to talk about. But I, gu- <laughs> I guess there's one last thing I gotta, I gotta, I'm curious to throw your way to see what your reaction is, because... Mm. I think it's, like, absolutely ridiculous. But about 10 to 15 years ago, there was a thing that started around this movie where everybody said, you know what? Ducky's actually really gay. Yeah. And that that got going forever. And I'm just like, is it because, like, John, uh, John Cryer was so young-looking and fresh-faced no, looking? he does do some gestures that are kind of like that stereotypical, the way now... When yeah. people impersonate a gay person, they kind of raise their voice a little yeah. bit to that sound. And he, the way he gestures with his hands, I'm gesturing my hands. You can't see it, <laughs> but I'm gesturing my hands. He kind of does move a little bit feminine. Yeah. But, I mean, it, I think he was just moving in a way of, like, how saying how Spader holds his hands. And it's yeah. just that kind of like, oh, yeah, it's kind of... And you're, like, moving your hands around, like, the way you think they would yeah. do it, you know, like... I yeah, but I mean, there believe it or not, there there are heterosexual people in real life who aren't the most masculine. I yeah. mean, like like look how many basketball players have limp wrists and stuff. Like you see during yeah. games, the way they hold themselves yeah. and stuff. Like it just happens. Like things like that, and like you know, like I don't know if Cryer was like kind of playing around with that idea maybe when he was like doing the character, but clearly by like I don't think so. by the story standards though. Because he's so in love with Molly Ringwald. Yeah. And then, like, it's like, he. then the second he sees Christy Swanson looking at him, yeah. he gets excited. Like, yeah. there's no way in the actual context of the story that Ducky is a gay character. Yeah. Cause, cause I like, mean, I do remember thinking, like, when we were watching it, I was like, oh, he's acting kind of, you know, feminine, like, the way he's moving, you know, but... It was never, it wasn't, like, a big thing where I was just like, oh, that's just the way he's acting. Like, yeah. it just wasn't, it's just a way of moving. Like, it's that, I don't know. I never went that way, though, in my thinking of he's, that he was possibly gay in any way. He's also playing a young, wiry, energetic boy. Yeah. And, like, to be honest, though, like, like McCarthy's not really masculine at all in this. Uh, and, and Spader, as much of a evil douchebag as he is, he's pretty foofy with his clothes and the way yeah. he walks and, like, you know what I mean? But it's just... Where he holds a cigarette. I mean, you know, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but, like, you know how... I mean, I guess you don't really see it that much because now people do... They have their hands upwards when they're talking and yeah. doing gestures with their hands, like... 
Bill Clinton, when he talked, he did a certain gesture with his, he had a fist, you know? Yeah, like, he did the, yeah, he did this. Yeah, like, change. Yeah, like, with his thumb sticking up, and then, you know, obviously Donald Trump, how he would do the fuck, the, to his point downwards, little yeah. white power sign or whatever that everybody, all the, weird, well, he also, he also, all the weirdos say, <laughs> yeah, was giving yeah, no. secret signals. He, well, he always did, like, okay. Yeah. And then he would do, like, a finger point where he point downwards. Yeah, but yeah. those are just hand gestures right. of talking. Like, that's their way of expressing themselves. It doesn't really denote your sexual Anything, proclivity. Yeah, man. it's just they're that's what they do with their hands when they're talking. And so back so in the day there was a thing of like like Sammy Davis Jr., which is who remember. he would be yeah. you know, copying. Yeah, when they would talk they would have their hands hanging and just kinda yeah, and kinda like gently pointing when they were talking about stuff. Yeah. That's what he to me, that's what he was doing because at that time those are the people yeah. That were the comedians that you looked up to, or the singers that you looked up to that were cool, you yeah. know? Because he literally performs in this movie, like when he lip syncs the Otis Redding song. Yeah. Like he's a very theatrical person. Yeah. It, with, so, I mean, in the context of the movie, it's more of a being aware of pop culture. Yeah. And, you know, knowing like what they were trying to portray. So, this whole thing of like, all of a sudden, everyone in Every, history yeah. is gay now. It's just like, hey, yeah. But it, like, it, it, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just like. That's getting put on everything now. Yeah, everything. Like, even when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like, and, and to be fair, like, there's a million, like, gay movies that are actually pretty damn good. Like, I, yeah. I, like, I, yeah, really... I mean, it's not a criticism that, oh, it's stupid that people are doing that. It's just. If it's not there, it's not there. It's yeah. Like, don't put it on there when it's not there. I mean, they're they're kind of like more like over the top, edgy R rated movies. But like uh, director Greg Araki, he did a lot. Of, they did like three or four, uh, like young person high school movies that were like you know, either featured like gay main characters or supporting characters or whatever. So I mean, it's like like. Like if you, if you want to see a gay high school movie, like you, you like go watch like no nope. actual yeah. gay high school movies. Yeah, yeah, like they exist. You just yeah. you know you, you just you just gotta find them, you know. And by all means, you know if a gay person does watch Pretty in Pink, yeah. and they do interpret Ducky's character character like that, I mean by all means interpret their character like that. Yeah, but because that's how you're relating to that character because everything. Right you watch and hear and listen to and see you're gonna interpret it however it means something to you but for like a mainstream thought idea of like oh i'm pretty and pink ducky is gay like as a broad like kind of statement it's kind of like no that's not really like well i also think i also think in all honesty i think a little bit too is like people don't really understand the times like I like I think a lot of people would say that it's like almost like how he looks, but it's just like like that was not a quote unquote really gay look at the time. You know what I mean? No, I don't think he looks like a lot like a lot like a lot of popular men's styles back then were were very you know people clean actually cut, had fresh. class yeah, back yeah. in the day, and they yeah. actually wore much like people used to wear fancy clothes to go see a movie like. It still was carrying on in the 80s, yeah. you know, like until it got, everything got grunge in the 90s and everything went downhill in fashion. But yeah. it's like, yeah, like, I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting to bring that up because like I was kind of just like, I never really got that 
analysis or that take or yeah i never i never felt that in any way yeah yeah we gotta watch this dance scene again i like it one that says dweezel what is that well that's funny it's oh pick of the week <laughs> yeah and, and dweezel zappa is in the movie oh. he, he was in the club scene earlier sitting at the table with that's them. funny yeah <laughs> that's why i was like i thought it was him but i was like oh it doesn't quite look like him but yeah dweezel zappa has somewhat of a cameo he's like one line well, he was sitting in the... He wasn't one of the musician guys? No, he's sitting at the table with her and oh. her friend. Oh. You know, the, the first club scene is her and her friend, and then just, like, that random guy that's there. Hmm. No, yeah. I totally don't remember that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so we hope you guys have a good Valentine's Day. Thanks for sticking with us. And guys, thank you for the last couple months uh, getting more and more downloads. We appreciate that. We love that. Uh it's nice to know that your episodes, not just your newest episode, but all your episodes will be listened to for a long time to come. So anyway, that's it. I think we talked about every possible angle you could talk about <laughs> Pretty in Pink with. Like, I think we broke it down and then some. But uh, Guys, yeah. for this Valentine's Day, don't be afraid to bring out your inner ducky. Yeah, <laughs> everybody could be like ducky. All right, everybody, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you right back here again soon in the movie Graveyard. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.